This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along to... Uh, what day are we up to? God, is it any Tuesday? I'm sure it should be Friday. The betrayal of the elderly, we are told today. Some visited by up to 50 carers a year. They do not have the time for them. Criminals get away with 71% of crimes. Small wonder they used to say crime doesn't pay. Bloody well does. No room at schools now for Mary and Jesus. They've, uh, they've been axed. Nobody's doing a nativity play anymore. And uh, the student who, through a little glitch with Amazon, ended up with three grand's worth of stuff. And Amazon have said, look, terribly sorry, but you can keep it. So he's been allowed to keep it, which is good. Cheryl and Mel in a big bust-up and Y-fronts are making a comeback. And where's Oliver Cromwell's head gone? we found the rest of his body. Where's the head? It's LBC. I'm with you till 6.30 this morning when Lisa Aziz comes along. My God, it's cold outside. <laughs> Blimey. Not nice weather at all. Not nice weather at all. I did see Philip Schofield... Uh, abseiling, or sort of gently climbing down, that you wouldn't have got me down there. Not in a million years would I ever have gone anywhere near anything that involved it hanging over the side of a building. My fear of heights is such that I felt physically ill just watching it on the television. Uh, so that was that. Uh, what else is that? Very quiet outside today in London town. Very, very uh, quiet. Malcolm says, Steve, for some time you've been saying Philip Schofield's not on television enough. Well, he's just, they've just got another show for him. There's an advert in one of the papers today for tickets for it. So not only in, in between doing hosting just about everything since the Bible was written, you know, Philip Schofield's now got another show coming up, and I can't even remember what it's called. It's just, uh, it's just permanent, isn't it? It's just permanent. I didn't see Miners in Designers. It sounded fantastic. This is, um, this is uh, indulgent parents who buy little outfits for their children, and they spend a small fortune on them. And I don't have a problem with mums and dads buying kids' clothes. But when they go up on the television, I think they need a good slap, I'm afraid. I've really had quite enough of pay. It's all right, you know, I mean, if you're going to do something like that, fine, do it. You know, buy as many clothes as you want. Have them embra- em- embroidered in gold and whatever. But when you go on a television programme, that's when you lose all credibility. That means you're a stupid little show-off who's determined to show all the peasants who live around you that you've got more money than everybody has. It's very sad and tragic. I'll tell you the one bad thing about Philip Schofield being on the television for 24 hours yesterday. Gemma Collins stuck her big mug in. God dear, how many more times have you got to put up with Lardy Girl? How much more, please? No more. Oh, and then it turns out, and I only grabbed this upstairs in the office I was, as I was sort of coming down, Starbucks, zero tax emission. They say there's nothing abnormal about the way companies run in Britain. Do you know, I mean, I, f- I mean, to be honest with you, if this was anybody else, they'd have gone out of business years ago. But they haven't made a profit here. Starbucks have not made a profit here, and they don't actually expect that they will. Yeah, I thought that as well. I mean, you know, they must think we're stupid. They really must think we're stupid. Because either they're the most incompetent company that you've ever encountered, or they've got the best accountants. Because what they've done, they've effectively made it look as though they're making a loss. It's creative accounting. That's exactly what it is. It's a case of they they have a very complicated system whereby they buy materials from themselves and then it's offset. I don't don't quite understand how it works, so you have to excuse me on this one. But, uh, I mean, it's a little bit revealing that they've got all these shops and yet they don't make any profits. Because what they do is they plough it all back in again. So if you don't make any profit, you can't pay any tax. I might try that, actually, next year. I'll have a word with my accountant, Steve, and see if we can... Not more coffee. He's still doing the coffee thing. He's gone, Luke completely lost his mind this morning. He brings the coffee down. He then promptly gives it to Will. And then he goes, Where, where's your coffee gone? And then, <laughs> then I said, you've just put it over there. 
in the funny mug that goes up. Right, OK. And now all of a sudden, now we've got another mug with water in. But the, the, so he said, where did the coffee mug? And he looks through the door like it's magically floating outside or something in the corridor. You know, it's, it's where he put it, in front of the producer. But he didn't remember putting it in front of the producer. I mean, that's, and they say that, you know, us diabetics are going to lose our minds. You know, they seem to lose them at a very early age now. It's a little bit of a worry. So he puts the coffee down, explains to the producer, it's, it's one of these, it's a, it's a, it's a mug that when you, when you put hot water in it, it turns into something else. And we thought it turned into something quite rude. But, um, and then, and so he gives it to the, and then he takes it back from the producer. So he's taken it from the producer to give to me. And then he didn't know what he'd done with it. I said, well, you just picked up my one and put it over there. Did I? He says, not a clue. Not a clue this morning. Honestly, it's like he's, he's, he's been on the Marmite already. <laughs> I bet Philip Schofield's feeling a bit like that, isn't he? Sitting there going, where am I? Where am I? It's interesting that, you know, you can actually do it. I did a, a ten-hour show on LBC once. I know, inflicting it on people, just with a set of papers. And we seemed to manage quite well on that. I was, I was able to fill ten hours. At the end of it, I didn't know where I was. I had no idea at all. I was just absolutely off with the pixies. Which I don't mind. I quite like the pixies. Sometimes you get some really good conversations with them. So it's 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Steve at lbc.co.uk. I didn't know what I'm talking about, I say, this morning. Because it's so cold. Yesterday, in the last time it was show about the car people, Coys. There is a showroom, Coys of Kensington, in Queensgate Museum, South Ken. The end of Queensgate. Tried to visit them. It's, they have some beautiful old cars. Yes, I mean, I'm sure that the one in Richmond is called Coys, but I might have to check on that. I should have checked it this morning. Should have checked it this morning, shouldn't I, just as I came through, because I, I could have actually looked at it. But uh, I tried yesterday. I'm trying to find a particular... I'm trying to find a B&Q. And I drove to Ashford in Middlesex, and I drove around Staines, but they had some incidents, so the police had closed the roads off. And I was actually having a particularly bad day. And then I looked at the clock, it was 20 to 2. I thought, better, better start heading for home. I haven't managed to find a B&Q. We've got two Sainsbury's home bases, but I can't find a B&Q. And it's particularly a B&Q I want to go to, because they've got the particular Christmas light that I want. So hopefully I shall, uh, I shall find it later on today. Because yesterday, we would have had an interview... With, uh, with the late Dr Dawn, who does Embarrassing Bodies. Um, that didn't come off because we didn't confirm it the week before, so that was, that was all done and dusted. And then this morning, I've got two interviews to do uh, for In Conversation. And then on Friday, I've cancelled a film screening. Normally, I do a film screening. I've told them, because they came back yesterday and said, the film screening's at one thirty. I'm like, I cannot do one thirty. One thirty means that it finishes at one thirty two three thirty quarter to four. Time I get home, it's going to be half past five, quarter to six. It's too late, too late. I'll be falling asleep. I struggle staying awake any time after about eleven o'clock. So there's no chance of doing that screening. So that was out the window. And then on uh, Friday, we got the boys in from Top Gear, so they'll be coming in. Uh, Jeremy and Richard will be coming. They've got a DVD out for Christmas, and I think they're going to be with Nick Ferrari on Friday. And then after they've finished that interview, which will just be a shorty, then they'll nip upstairs and uh, do the, the rounds, as they say. Right, so what else have we got in the papers for this morning? Apart from the fact that you all spent loads of money yesterday. They're very, they're, they're very pleased with you, as you can well imagine. All the, all the companies, yeah, it's fantastic. Well done. You spent all this money. We're very, very grateful. And uh, we're going to have another sale because we've decided it's very lucrative. Oh, God, And then they've got Madonna, who's gone topless at the age of 56. Why don't, I mean, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. She's got the oddest breasts you've ever seen in your life. They're either sort of strapped up or they've stuck fake ones on. They look like somebody's rouged her nipples. 
I don't know if that's an, it's an expression that we can use at this time of the morning, rouging your nipples. Years ago, I used to work with, uh, with topless dancers and strippers and uh, in and around the pubs in London because I used to live with three dancers who used to do topless in, in London. What? What is the matter with you? Lord. He's very shocked. What, they used to hang around with strippers? Oh, Lord. Yes, rouging your nipples. But the, the, what, what they used to do when they used to do their sort of topless dancing, is they would always get an ice cube. And, because uh, that, that was the favourite trick to, to sort of make things look a bit more impressive, I suppose. Strange doesn't work for men, isn't it? But there you go. But anyway, so Madonna's got her boobs out. I don't quite know why, actually. I thought she's, um, she's... I mean, there's nothing the matter with them. I'm just sort of thinking, it's a bit odd at the age of 56. Perhaps she's suffering from a dearth of publicity. I really don't know why. I mean, they say here, she's proud of her body as she was in the 80s. Oh, great. Bit tacky though, isn't it? Really, old woman gets boobs out for for who? Herself, I should imagine. Uh, here's this uh, this kid in the paper today. Robert Quinn is a student. He looks a bit geeky, but uh, he he's he was given gifts worth more than three and a half thousand pounds due to an Amazon computer glitch. Uh, he obviously comes from a well heeled family, but he ended up with <laughs> I mean, he's ended up with some stuff here. He's got an eight hundred and eighty nine pound Samsung three D TV. A Galaxy tablet, 46 items he ended up with, as well as a 55-inch television and the tablet. Other items include a laptop, two other tablets, a baby buggy, a leaf blower, a single bed, (laughs) chest of drawers, (laughs) a Sony PSP console, a Waterman pen, computer gear, an electric wine cooler, CDs, DVDs and books. He does regularly shop with... Do you you shop with, with with, with Amazon? Do you shop... Are you with Amazon Prime? You're not... Oh, oh right. Okay. Oh right. Because I bet they, 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 Amazon sent me a thing the other day because I'm a very, a very, very good customer. They've sent me two free Prime cards, which I can give to gifts as people. They're worth fifty pounds each, and you get. It means that for a month, you get your goods delivered the next day, and it's free. My Christmas present's been delivered. So exciting! It's obviously very small because I've looked around the studio, and it's not in. Oh, it's at home. Oh, right. Well, oh, right. Oh, I see. But it, because this, this card... Do you do shopping, James, on Amazon? Do, no, dear. No. Probably best not. It no, doesn't have to use a computer. Well, you must have one of these cards, then, mustn't you, Will? And it's an Amazon free 30-day trial, plus a £5 gift certificate, which you can use. And it's, they, they said to give to your friends, and it means that you get next-day delivery. So that's quite nice, isn't it? So you get it for free, so you don't have to worry about it. So you can get it quickly anyway. And they say, as you already have access to these benefits, not only will your friends get all the great benefits for 30 days during the perfect time of year to use them, they'll also get a £5 Amazon gift certificate if they decide to become a paying member at the end of the free trial. It's nice, isn't it? There you go. I shall give him that later. Thirty. I wonder what it was when it arrived the other day. I'm obviously such a good customer of Amazon. Actually, I did spend about £200 yesterday. But my brother wanted... What was one of my brother's Christmas presents? He won't be listening. The Bill box set. The Bill, I ask you. God knows. Well, he must have loads of time on his end. That's, that's out of... Well, I don't know. It's a 33-disc set. 33 discs. And it's... Uh, but I don't even think it's all of them. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think he's going to live long enough to watch all of these things. And it comes in about 33 discs, and it was 139 quid. So that's what he wanted for Christmas. I'll get the money back. Um... And he's tax deductible, I'm sure. It has to be, along the way. Uh, what else? Oh, there's a, there's a, 
There's lots of pictures of nude people in the papers today doing certain things. There's somebody climbing up um, a sort of a mountain kind of thing, start naked. There were a couple on this morning the other day who claimed to be nudists but sat there with their clothes on. Bra and pants. I mean, either you're a nudist and, or, or you're not a... Sh- you know, why... You know, either this morning is going to push boundaries and put on that failed boy band, whatever they're called, those ones that Louise Walsh likes, uh, or failing that, you know, they, they always put sort of the low-rent people on there. But if somebody comes on and says, I'm a naturist, I'm expecting to see bits on display. I'm expecting to see it. That's, I mean, that's the whole idea. What's the point of saying, you know, I might as well say to you now, I'm actually a naturist as well and I'm start naked. I mean, to be honest with you, I think people would probably call the police if they thought I was doing this programme naked. But they sat there, he sat with his pants on, and she sat with bra and knickers on. Kind of defeated the object, really. Neither of them particularly attractive. Quarter past four. This is LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Nick Ferrari with you at seven this morning. As it's revealed, the Met Police have spent nearly eight million pounds on investigating Madeleine McCann's disappearance so far. Nick could be asking, is it worth the money? Plus, London Mayor Boris Johnson telling Nick about a major new transport announcement. And uh, the morning news this morning is with Tom Swarbrick, because you probably heard yesterday, poor old Lisa Aziz's throat was... She came over to me during the... Uh, after she'd sort of finished doing her programme, she went, Steve. I went, yeah. You know, thinking all of a sudden Lisa Aziz has sort of dropped about three octaves. And she said, I shouted over the weekend. Her voice was really terrible yesterday, really terrible. She was shouting at one of the kids over the weekend, and it means that she strained a nodule or whatever it is you do with them. And so consequently, she was uh, suffering. So I said, manuka honey, chloroseptic, bit of turmeric. So you make up your manuka honey, put a bit of turmeric on there, because you've got to soothe your throat. I said, don't talk. She was in a terrible state yesterday, so Tom Swarbrick's going to be coming down to do the uh, the... News review, the morning news, at 6.30 this morning. David Banks, former editor of The Mirror, will be looking through the papers today. Uh, so what else do we have? Ed, lovable skiing jump flop Eddie the Eagle Edwards is making a leap into movies. Oh, God, honestly. Why do we seem to hail the failures in life? You know, they could, lovable ski jumping flop. He can't, he couldn't do so, he might as well say lovable... I don't know, I can't think of anything similar that I could not do. I, don't, I couldn't ski jump or anything else, but then I, I wouldn't ever pretend to be able to ski jump. Consequently, he's making his leap into movies. He did Splash, didn't he do quite well on Splash, something he actually managed to do. But the ski jumping thing was just chronically pathetic. Uh, thank you, uh, Katerina, who's sending me a, a free gift from Love Adult Toys. They're all very excited by this, as you can well imagine, in the building. And, uh... Uh, Harminda tells me where there is a, a B&Q, apparently in Yedding, near Hayes, off the A312. Do you know, I did think about Hayes. I, th- I was thinking about areas that would actually have a and And I've got to go to one, but I can't do it today, because I've got two interviews to do. And I'll probably have to go and do it tomorrow, because I'm not going to see the screening now. So that'll work. Junior's having his uh, tea and toast, which is good. No Y-fronts for me, he says. They're making a comeback, you know. Y-fronts are making a comeback. It is the, it is the new... The new sort of pant thing. I think they've always been popular, but I'm not sure whether or not they're as popular now as they used to be. Because now there's so much choice of underwear. If you go to Selfridges, you, I mean, you've never seen. There's a whole dep- whole floor full of underwear. It's not cheap. It really is. Seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a bit dull in the underwear department. I go through phases. You know, you go through phases. When you're little, you have sort of your wife runs, because there wasn't anything else. 
There'll be lots of people listening now going, what, they can still buy Y-fronts? Yep, they're still available. You could still go out and get Y-fronts, and, uh, and they seem to be fairly popular. They've been advertised by various male models, including uh, Davy Boy Beckham, uh, anything for, for a fee. And so he advertises Y-fronts. But if you go through Selfridges or any of these big department stores, there's so many sorts of underwear. Trunks, briefs, uh, slips... You know, I suppose there's just as many designs for you girls, but, I mean, for sort of men, it used to be a bit boring. Now, they, you can actually buy underwear, which have got pictures on. What for? What for? What do you want um, pictures on your underwear for? I've never seen anything like it. Cartoon characters. What's the point? What is the point of having underwear that's got pictures on it? You know, at one time, silk boxer shorts were very in. Well, pfft. Couldn't bear boxer shorts. Never liked boxer shorts. Always hate it. And silk boxer shorts. And then, and then you had some which had sort of patterns or designs on, paisley patterns. Well, some of them are just plain. Nobody's ever going to see them apart from you. Well, unless you're very, very unlucky and you have an accident, in which case they'll be ripping them off you. But, uh, but the rest of the time, it's just, it's just underwear, isn't it? It's just functional. Very, very functional. Uh, Pat's Poppy, a little bit of history arrived, with a bit of mud and rust. She says, I have to admit, I shed a tear when I think it represents a life lost. And please say hello to Kevin the Milkman. Very naughty last night and stayed up too late. Actually, you know, if, if you want, uh, I'm afraid just to make myself go into that deep depression, which I do occasionally. I like to do it before the programme. I'll either, I'll either watch uh, the lads from Only Boys Aloud singing, you know, something which sort of cheers me up. Uh, or failing that, for the second day running, I've clipped into Alfie Bow at the Festival of Remembrance singing uh, Over the Hills. I think it's called Over the Hills. And, uh, and that I do. And then I always watch something to do with the poppies. Because even if I don't go, I like, to, um, I like to sort of watch it. I think it's quite poignant. So I can understand, you know, when, when they have the, 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 the best thing. I say the best thing. The thing that just guarantees to sort of make everybody weep uncontrollably at the Festival of Remembrance is when they show clips of the war widows. Uh, the, the women and the families who've lost sons and daughters and uh, this year they had somebody who was uh, he was blown up he was only young and his mum was sort of talking about it and his brother was talking and saying you know we have to get used to the fact that he's not coming back it's kind of it's kind of final it's kind of final and you watch this and you think do you know it is it is we i was talking the other day about the imperial war museum and when you think first day of first world war seven hundred thousand people were killed just indiscriminately. People were blown up. People were shot. They were bayoneted. It was it was just absolutely ghastly, absolutely ghastly. It makes you think. It's uh, and I kept thinking of that. Uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Was it no? Boy George. War is stupid, and people are stupid. You know, war means nothing. It doesn't solve anything, does it? It absolutely doesn't. Mainly over religion. Religion has got a lot to answer for when you look at all the wars around the world. You know, Protestants and Catholics fight it. What's the matter with people? It's the matter with people. You know, just, just get on with yourself. You can have a much nicer life without having to worry about all these things going on. But every time you look at war and you just feel so sorry when the poppies come down and you think that each one represents a life. That's why, you know, Pat got her uh, poppy and it meant something to her because that is a person. I know it's, it's represented in a poppy. At the, uh, at the museum, the Imperial War Museum in London, they've got the first poppy that was made. Still made in the same place. All those years later, still made at the Poppy Factory in Richmond by a lot of disabled servicemen and women. And they've got the first one there. I think the Queen always gets the best one, doesn't she? Certainly looks like the best one that's, that's going. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
Uh, Sandra says the incident in Staines was a huge fire in the early hours on a commercial state off the high street. Oh, well, it deserves it then. Come bombs rain on Staines, I think. I think we like that idea. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Have you tucked your plants away from another Christmas frost? Nope, I have not. I have not. Um, at all. In fact, I, what I do now, if, if the plants die, and I've discovered an easy way, I've got, I've got um, uh, some ivy in a, um, what do they call it, like a window basket kind of thing, which is suspended. It's a metal thing, and you put a liner in it. And I filled it up with earth, and I put things in it. Then I thought, I, if I go and buy plants in, the, um, in this thing, do I need to actually take them out of the pot? And I thought, you know, to hell with it. I'll leave them in the pot. So I leave them in the pot. They're growing in it. They might as well stay in it. And it protects the roots. So that means, you know, when the, when the earth goes all hard and, and uh, everything freezes. But this doesn't. And also, because the plants I'm putting in are actually relatively inexpensive, when, when they die, I throw them out and go to the, the garden centre and replace them with a few other plants. It doesn't cost anything at all. Very cheap way of doing it, and it's good. Uh, I've just put on ITV3. How many people, says John, does it take to put on a live t- TV show? Oh, God, Loads. Loads. Loads of a gallery with about at least eight people, at least minimum eight people in there. You've got sound, lighting, direction, cameramen. Oh, God, there's loads of people. Loads of people are involved in TV. When I worked on, on the TV show on Channel 5, Five's Company, we had a cast of 60. 60 people, which gives you a rough idea. You know, because you've got uh, the people who decorate the set, you've got people who work in the scene dock, I mean, I was absolutely amazed, because coming from the world of radio, um, I found it absolutely amazing. And what we did on the very last show, it always makes me cry when I watch it, so I try not to watch it very often. We, we finished doing the show, we, we pre-recorded a bit, where we all got dressed, had makeup done and all the rest of it, as Ollie's explained to you. And, um, and we did a, then we brought everybody in on the show. So everybody came in, and we did, um, we did a cutaway to one of the cameras. They fixed the camera on, and then at a given... Uh, moment we all waved and then what we did at the very end of the show so, so we so we got everybody in there all the people from costume makeup lighting sound gallery all the ap's all the runners all the producers all the assistant producers you know everything everybody came and sat down there and we filmed that bit and then when we got to the end of the show and we all did our final goodbye saying thank you very much indeed this has been five's company but not just from us but from everybody working on the show, goodbye. And then they did a beautiful melt into the picture of everybody sitting there. All of us, you know, in the original seats. It looked like they'd all just been flown in by magic. And everybody waved to the camera. And it was at that moment that most of us burst into tears. <laughs> it was just terrible. Terrible. It's like, it's like I was saying the other day, my friend Chris Jarvis is in pantomime in Richmond with Jerry Hall and a, and a lovely cast. He loves his panto. He does his panto every year. And... Um, and I was sort of, I what I was talking about then, actually. Yeah, so Chris is doing his panto. I don't know what I was talking about then. Talking about things that make you cry. I suppose it's Chris Jarvis doing his panto. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. It's the one thing that you can guarantee. But when you've worked, oh, that's right. When you've worked, you know, with a load of people for about three or four weeks, you build up some sort of bond, don't you? You build up a bond with sort of people. Not on this programme. I mean, but generally speaking, you build up a bond. And then at the end of it, you go, thanks, bye. And you think, oh, I'm going to miss that. Gonna miss that, and we'd done nearly a year on Five's Company, so you can imagine. You know, I started off doing uh, doing two days a week, and ended up doing five days a week. It was very tiring. It was, very, in fact, it was so knackering. I, I was quite grateful when it finished in a strange kind of way because I would get up 
at six in the morning to get ready to go to the studio for eight to have the read-through of the script, which had been done the day before by the team, because they had three different teams of people producing programmes. And depending on if the producer liked you, and it was very much based on this kind of thing, de- determined on how much you, uh, time you got on screen. And that's what it was. So it was, it was lovely. It was very lovely, but very tiring. So you get up there, you go, and then you do the dress rehearsal in the studio. Me, Esther McVeigh, Nick Knowles, uh, et al., and we did the rehearsal. Then you get a break and they bring you sandwiches. And then you go for the live show. So you've got to get, you know, back. I was changing clothes about four times a day. And if I had anything to do on the programme, I was changing clothes even more times. The time I got to LBC of the evening, I was so tired. <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway, LBC News Time, 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. So here we go. Maria says, it's unfair to the other families with children missing that have not had this money in publicity spent finding their children. They must feel resentful resentful towards uh, the McCanns. The money should have been shared on all the missing cases. Uh, I've said this before, and uh, I don't think I'm alone on it. I think everybody else is thinking exactly the same. If you are a parent and you lose a child, no amount of money can ever compensate, you know, that... that uh, search goes on because you don't ever give up hope. You can't. If you're a parent, you just can't do it. Whether you like the McCanns or you can't stand them, it's neither here nor there. It's still a parent who's lost a child. I admit, and we've all admitted this freely, and they admitted it, that they shouldn't have gone off and left the, the kids alone by themselves. It's not like they were in the flat next door. They were a good walk away in a restaurant enjoying themselves while the kids were in an unlocked room by themselves. I mean, nobody knows what went on. Who knows? You weren't there, I wasn't there. You can only hazard a guess that children wake up in the middle of the night, they're half asleep, you know, they wander off thinking they can find the toilet, they can't find the toilet. You know, you don't know. You do not know. Because we weren't there. But I have to be honest that when it gets to £8 million investigating one child's disappearance, um, it, it does seem a little bit rum for all the other people who've lost children. Thousands go missing every year. They don't get any, they don't get any profile at all. And yet the family that effectively dumped their daughter in the, in the bedroom and left her there, you know, everybody knows if you're a family, you take the kids with you, whether they're asleep or not, you stick them in their prams or their push chairs or they fall asleep at the table. That's what it is. It's, it's, that's part of growing up. You educate them from an early age how to behave in a restaurant. You don't just leave them in a room. You just really don't. So, but they're paying the price. So, um, you know, for them, they were very lucky. They're a very middle-class family. They're doctors, and they managed to get the Prime Minister in. But what could he do? He was kind of, you know, caught to ransom. It's a case, you know, what are you going to be doing about our... Do- well, we'll set up a special police force. They've been over there. They've scoured the ground. They come up with all sorts of things. Nothing leads to nothing. Never had any leads. Nothing ever close to it. Nothing ever close to it. They go, you know, how many times have we read headlines on this programme? And I think on everybody else's programme on LBC. You know, suspects to be quizzed over Madeleine McCann's disappearance, and that's the last you hear of it. Because there are no leads, because we don't know. We don't know. The police are sort of barking up as many trees as we are. They've got no idea anyways. They go over there, they take special dogs who are trained to uh, to sniff out. I think at one point, oh, then the, the, what do we have the short while ago? A lake where somebody said, look, that's where her, her body is, she's in the lake. Have they done anything about it? Nope. If, it, if, it, if, if she was in the lake, she's been there for seven years, I wouldn't have thought there'd be much left. So what are they working on? I mean, the last time the police went over to Portugal, I thought they indicated they were looking for a body, so they've almost accepted the fact that she's not alive. But they don't know. You can't just sort of say to the McCanns, or anybody else who's lost a child, um, we think she's dead, so we're not going to do anything else. You can't do that. 
If you were a parent, you would want exactly the same as what they've got. They're very lucky. And I should imagine they probably appreciate the fact they're very lucky because we all know who Madeleine McCann is. But I bet you don't know the names of any of the other thousand children that go missing every year. You haven't got any idea, have you? Yet their parents are sitting at home, waiting, hopefully, for a knock on the door or a phone call to say, Mum, I'm coming home. You know, the McCanns get all the high-profile stuff in the papers. All these other parents get nothing. Nothing at all. They're almost like they are the forgotten children. The children that go missing and nobody gives a toss about. It's the only thing, and, and Nick will be saying this morning, you know, have we actually achieved anything? Eight million pounds are spent. There's a special dedicated force, practically a team, for Madeleine McCann. Why not all the other children? Why don't, why don't they get it? They're, they're, they, uh, in many cases, were abducted. Why can't they do something about them? Why are we trying to find a child? We've got no idea what she looks like now. I mean, she might have been taken... You don't know. As I say, she might have been taken by somebody... It could be anything like that. She might have gone out into the road. She might have been knocked down by a car. Somebody might have panicked. They might have buried it. Who knows? You do not know. We have no idea. And probably if I live to be 55, I'll still be wondering about, you know, whatever happened to Madeleine McCann. And they'll go, Madeleine McCann would have been 18 today. You're going to get that every year. They're going to go, this is what she would have looked like. And, you know, but it doesn't matter. They always say that if you don't find a child within about a week of them going missing, there's very little chance of them actually of actually finding them. Because normally by that time there have been clues. In this case, in Madeleine McCann's case, there are no clues. What are the clues? They haven't found any clothing. It's not like they could say, here is an item of clothing that we know she was wearing on the night she disappeared because she'd been in her, in her little pyjamas, I would have thought. And they found nothing. They've searched storm drains. But this is seven years ago. This is seven years ago. I just don't, you know, whilst, whilst you don't give up hope, you can't help feeling sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're just, it's just not happening at all, I'm afraid. Not happening. We're just getting, we are nowhere nearer and we've spent eight million pounds. It's a lot of money to spend. But then any amount of money is a lot of money to spend, isn't it? Uh, guess what, says Julietta, I'm off to Manchester for today to see my all-time favourite band, Any Trouble at the Band on the Wall tonight. Excited? She'll be listening to you from the wild north tomorrow. By the way, there is a B&Q at Chiswick Roundabout. Yes, lots of people have um, emailed me on that one, and I've just remembered exactly where it is. I've remembered where the B&Q is, so thank you very much indeed to everybody. I shall go and find it uh, tomorrow. I shall do it tomorrow. Um, Dale's up this morning. This man who buys his condoms in Poundland. Poundland. I mean, I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> Hear about the boy in America found alive after years behind a false wall. Yes, yes, I did. He was four years, wasn't he, or something, abducted. It's by, um, is it his father? An adopted mother or something like that. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Alison says, from all your fond memories, me thinks you miss being on telly. No, I don't. Couldn't stand it. Absolutely could not stand it. It was, it was what I call functional and it paid good money. That's all, that's all I could say about it. But uh, as for the, uh, the time-consuming side of it, oh, God, no, thank you very much indeed. No, thank you. Absolutely tedious. Uh, Wendy says, we've got a, a B&Q in Farnborough. Thank you. Terry and Cheem says, uh, B&Q at Farnborough near Costco. Oh, that's a point. Oh, that's a point. I'll have to find that one, wouldn't I? <laughs> uh, John Betjeman says, come friendly bombs, rain on slough. Yes, <laughs> I, I do remember that one. And uh, another one here says, I usually listen to you in your podcast, but now I wake up early for you. So that's good, isn't it? Which we like. And this is uh, Sasha in Sunderland. Oh, God, Sunderland. I used to have a friend who came. My friend Peter Bowes lives in, uh, lived in Sunderland. And uh, he works in America now. You probably see him on the television. He pops up on Radio 1 and all sorts of things and on uh, BBC One when they're doing... 
stuff, showbiz stories from America. Uh, he came from Sunderland, and that's the only thing I know about it. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Thank you for the Christmas cards, incidentally. They've started dribbling in, which is good. And uh, so we get we, we get the usual ones. I have appealed for no glitter this year. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, from Ian in Worcester Park. And uh, it's quite a nice one. Obviously part of a box set. Uh, Happy Christmas, you cheeky little sprout. Can only be from Dawn in Ricelip. She says, I know you like traditional Christmas cards, but this one caught my eye. I like anything, actually. I do like anything. And I did get um, <laughs> from Tom Baker to Steve the behemoth of broadcasting Happy Days. And uh, this is from Stuart in Weybridge. And he says, it's my old pal Tom Baker. Well, he, he said it, I was going to put it in the post to you the other day. So I've now got uh, the Tom Baker Christmas card, which is very nice indeed. Thank you very much indeed. And actually, the card is of Tom Baker. In fact, he is the front picture on the card. I've just realised he is the front picture on the card. Where does it take? It doesn't say where it is. Photographed by Sue Gerrard. And he's in a shop with lots of Christmas things. Lovely. Lovely. There's the man who made his, made his name doing, uh, doing Doctor Who and Little Britain. Those great voiceovers. Uh, one here from uh, from Joyce in Leighton. She says, no, no glitter on the card this year. It's messy. Far too messy. It is too messy. Last year I had so many glitter cards. People were sending it. Uh, who's this one from uh, from Jim? Thank you very much indeed. Christmas. Red hat. It's got a picture of Father Christmas on the front. Glass of mulled wine. Hot steamy foot soak. Mince pie for supper. Melting snow and Santa suit. There you go. All the traditional things. Actually, when I was watching a bit of the... Uh, the Philip Schofield Marathon, which is just like any other day on ITV. Philip Schofield's on all the time. Only <clears throat> this time raising money. Uh, every time I saw Gemma Collins, I, I've, I did feel a little bit a little bit sick inside. Uh, she was on there explaining about her tedious life. And, uh, you know, in that little sing-songy voice, that little sort of child-like voice. Which is odd, isn't it, for an old woman of her age? But uh, Ali Ross talks about her today. He says, most promising development of the Jungle Week was the news that a homicidal Australian psychopath was on the loose somewhere near the ITV camp with a tennis racket. An announcement tinged with sadness, obviously, as a week earlier he'd been able to go five sets with Gemma Collins. Just one more missed opportunity on a forgettable series of I'm a Celebrity, which has, for the first time I can remember, become a a bit of a chore mainly due to the dreadful bookings and ITV's endless tinkering with the format. But my mood certainly wasn't helped by this morning, confirming Anton Deck's worst suspicions about her self-imposed life ban from television via this open invitation. We're going to set the record straight with Gemma Collins, and we'd like you to get involved. Ali Ross writes, have tennis racket, will travel. Yes, she was lying, of course, she's not giving up television at all, which is a great shame, actually. Great shame, because judging by her size, I'm only getting a little bit of her on my television. Because I'm widescreen, but I'm not that widescreen. Uh, Random TV irritations. Oh, Jimmy Bullard's been kicked out. It's funny, actually, a few people in the office were going, he he can win. He's definitely going to win. Turned out to be a right little bully, you see. Once they actually, um... Once they actually sort of suss people out, it's quite easy. Um... One here. How screwed is Fern Cotton's TV presenting career? Very.co.uk. <laughs> very good, isn't it? That's, that's a good one. I like that one, Ali. Thank you very much indeed. She can't present for Toffee. Although, who was I watching the other day? I remember thinking, oh, that's right. Philip Schofield's doing his thing. And who do they get with him? That non-stop psycho babble. Hi, you. Hi, you. Hi, you. Yes, Christine Blakely, who's just done a magic show, I believe, in Blackpool. She's been hosting it. Dear God in heaven. This woman can't present... And then to make it worse, 
Philip Schofield went, well, we're doing so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. They had a big thing on guide dogs, which was lovely. And then he said, and let's go to Frank Lampard. Oh, my God, what a bore. What a bore. I mean, you know, very sweet. And he's going out with her. You can only imagine the meeting of the minds. He can't even string two words together. I was a bit disappointed. I was expecting a little bit more from the little footballer. But uh, we didn't get it. Instead, we got Christine going to Philip. You're amazing. You're fantastic. You're wonderful. That's so great. I love that. Oh, go away, woman. Do us all a favour and stay away from television for a long, long, long time. Steve Allen on LBC. Rebecca Farnsworth has died. You don't know Rebecca Farnsworth? Oh, Lord, she's very well known. Farnworth, I do beg your pardon, Farnworth. She was only uh, 49. She's a very successful author. Very successful author. Hugely. She wrote um, five autobiographies and nine novels. She's Katie Price's ghostwriter. That's what she... She's the one who writes all of Katie Price's books. And um, the first one, being Jordan, sold more than a million copies. And then, you know, because Jordan can't write because she can't speak English. So there's not much point in her trying to write. So she has a ghostwriter. And when she did her novels, she just went, I think, like, a story of a little girl who, like, wants to be topless model and has a horse and lives in the country and has lots of children with different people. And they go, OK, let's knock out the children thing, because nobody's going to believe that, are they? Nobody wants to write about an old tart. Uh, so, OK, and we call her Princess. Princess. OK. And that's, this woman went away and wrote the book. In other words, they were all her books. You know, Katie Price just gave the outline and that was it. The autobiography is Katie Price can't write anyway, so there was no point. But uh, she was very successful, Rebecca. She was a radio producer and a print journalist. She died of uh, cancer. Only 49 but she sold millions of books, just not under her name. She did write under her own name, but it wasn't half as successful as writing under Jordan's name. You know, I've often sort of laughed at Jordan, you know, when people have said, you know, she goes out there for, to promote things, and, the, and you quiz her on it. She doesn't know anything about it. She's got, got a clue. Not a clue. Uh, Steve, I wonder if people in 2114 remember the sacrifices of the 1914-18 war. After all, next year, 2015, is 200 years since we fought the Napoleonic Wars for 20 years. I hope they and we never forget. Well, we probably will. Memories fade, don't they? Memories fade. And so we don't, um, we don't sort of worry about these things anymore. We do because there are history channels and channels that show us exactly what's, what's going on. But if, if you're in the forces, if you're a forces family, you'll always remember this kind of thing. Always remember it. Um, uh, the best B&Q at New Malden, Steve. Thank you. Paul says, I watched a clip of you losing a competition on Fives Company where you built a tower. I didn't. Lionel Blair knocked it down. And uh, the lady with curly hair was Amanda. Amanda, I don't know where she is now. She did a lot of uh, health and beauty stuff and things like that. Uh, somebody says if the McCanns had been Sharon and Steve, a working class couple from a council estate, they'd have been charged with neglect and the other children taken into care. I may not have a university degree, but I know never to leave children alone. It's not rocket science. Yes, that's what everybody seems to be saying. But uh, as I, I still insist, if you were the McCanns, you'd be thinking, thank God we've got a profile and they're going to spend this money. I've asked the question before, how long... How long do you keep spending this sort of money? Nick Ferrari will probably ask this question this morning. How much longer do we keep spending money looking for Madeleine McCann? Or do we get to that stage in a year's time where we go, we're closing down the department, we're just not going to find anything. You have to accept... I mean, they've, they've got through... Bearing in mind, £8 million it's cost us so far, but they've already, they, they've already spent a few million, haven't they? They've had a few well-meaning businessmen who put money into the, uh, the fine Madeleine McCann fund, and I think that's a few million pounds as well. So probably about 10, 12... 
million by now to look for this child, and we haven't found her. We're no nearer finding her. We have no clues. We have nothing. They might interview a few paedophiles, but then why would you assume that the person who took her was a paedophile? Why would it just not be a childless couple? Why would it not be the case that she'd wandered off by herself and got knocked down, or it could be anything. It could absolutely be anything. You have no idea. We don't. We have nothing. We have the blank canvas now that we had seven years ago. You know, I, mean, I, I, just, I just don't know how much longer we keep, we keep pumping money into it. I mean, does this go forever? Do we always say, right, we're, we're still going to be looking for Madeleine McCann, which is like 25 or 30? Because I just don't, don't think about it. I just don't think that we're actually going to, uh, we're going to find her. I just, I mean, it'd be lovely to think that we would. But I just don't think we will. Uh, what else are the papers today? Uh, this is, uh, oh, it's Hugh, Hugh Bonneville with George Clooney. First pictures uh, behind the scenes of the drama, which is lovely. I think George Clooney's going into it, isn't he? He's playing a posh American at, uh, at a society wedding, which is lovely. Uh, Union Jays, sinful holiday, because they're, they've topped the iTunes charts. Their new single, You Got It All, and they've got a picture of them standing in their pants. They're not wearing Y-fronts. Union J do not wear Y-fronts. Um, kicked out, uh, stereo kicks, but then Louis Walsh has said in one of the papers today that they're going to, you know, he said they're going to be absolutely huge. No, they're not. No, they're not, because most parents won't buy a record uh, with a group with some certain members who are, let's say, uh, uh, tainted. Tainted. If some of the pictures in the papers are to be believed, then uh, we don't want anything to do with stereo kicks. Thank you very much indeed. So uh, I'm not interested. I'm really not. Prince Harry has confessed his big secret. I was waiting. You know, we were all waiting, weren't we, for that, for that thing. And what was the big secret? He gets nervous when he wears a suit. That was the big secret. What a dull life these uh, these royals have. What's your big secret, Harry? Uh, okay, I kind of you know get nervous when I wear a suit. Sorry, I get uh, really nervous. Isn't that funny? I get really nervous when I wear a suit. Okay, that's the best you can come up with, is it, love? Can't you come up with anything else? Anything remotely interesting? Anything to do with maybe your colour of hair? You know, anything you want to add on that one? You know, your mother's still around somewhere. You know, big secret. I get nervous when I put a suit on. That's like saying. I fell over when I put new shoes on, because the bottoms are very slippery. I thought it was the dullest big secret I've ever heard. I was waiting for something staggering. Malcolm says, your Christine impression sounded like Lorraine with an Irish accent. No, 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 Lorraine is, oh, you're wonderful, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're my, I have no idea who you are. You know, that's Lorraine. I like Lorraine. She's doing adverts for clothes. For midgets. And uh, very popular. Because everybody's doing adverts on the television, aren't they, for their own clothing range. Which is very funny. Um, Another one here says, I agree with you about underwear. Most of us see them as just functional. Mark says it's wife fronts all the way. Well, I think it is, to be honest with you. I just don't understand why people want, you know, underwear that's got pictures on it. What's the point of that? Just plain underwear. Plain underwear. So much easier. Uh, Tired of London, says Phil, after 31 years. So I'm in sunny Melbourne. And the men are hotter over there. Are they in Melbourne? Well, it's because everybody looks good when it's, uh, when it's good weather. Everybody looks good when, it's, uh, when we've got nice weather. Other stories of the papers today. Oh, look, a picture of... Um, oh, I thought it was a cheap Christmas tree decoration. It turns out to be somebody called George Harrison. Um, it's a woman, by the way. A very ugly woman, but it's a woman nevertheless. And she painted her nose red. Oh, she's on The Only Way is Essex. Oh. No, I don't. No, I do. She is. 
She looks a bit remedial, though, as most of them do in Essex. And she's sort of, she's troweled on the makeup and put on a funny little outfit. And uh, she's filming the show's Christmas special. Perhaps Gemma Collins could be the man mountain they all fall off. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, to many people, the wife front is here. David Gandhi has uh, taken it on to a new level. Bond, I think, turned up in a pair of Y fronts at one point. Uh, they started in the 1950s. Whenever you used to see people wearing Y fronts in all the magazines, they'd be standing there on a sort of a, a little hillock, pointing into the distance. Obviously, trying to take away from the fact they're standing there wearing Y fronts. Oh, look, David Beckham's having a conversation. And uh, this is, um, looks a bit unscathed, talking to Kerry Mulligan. The day after his car crash, Bex and Victoria also ran into actor Eddie Redmayne's fiance Hannah Bagshaw, because I should imagine they didn't know what to say. And in fact, uh, he actually apparently <laughs> the, the speech bubble says, "I think you're amazing," and she says, "You can talk," you know, which isn't very. Often. I shouldn't imagine he's got the faintest idea who she is. I shouldn't imagine he's got the faintest idea. Bless his heart, uh, Cheryl Versace, Spagbol, Dingo, Dingo doll. Here she is, uh, and Mel B. I've had a furious off-camera bust-up over the X Factor on uh, Sunday night. Old Butchie, Mel, and uh, well-known Chav, Cheryl. I mean, I'm sorry, dear. A fur hoodie. Oh, dear. Very, very Newcastle. Very Newcastle. Apparently, Cheryl was livid with Mel B. Livid. And you know what she's like, Mel, when she's livid. She's not pleasant at all. Not pleasant. But anyway, they, they were doing a... An interview with that dreary nothing, Sarah Jane Crawford, and they sat at opposite ends of the sofa. Mel tried to appease Cheryl on camera, saying, I had to follow my heart, even though it was Cheryl's girl, and I'm all about girl power. Oh, do us a favour with the girl power nonsense. Nobody does girl power anymore. It's so, it's so trite. Yes, it's not 1995, the producer says. So grow up, Mel. Grow up. Oh, that's Mel who had a relationship for four years with a woman, but she's not gay or bisexual. Interesting, isn't it? She said that the other day. She said, and I don't have an arranged marriage with my husband. Hmm. But, of course, we, we know you're still at it because there was a girl in the paper less than two months ago who said you pinned her up against a toilet wall and started fumbling with her. So, quite clearly, you're either a drunk or you're just a bit uncontrollable. It's almost borderline assault, I would think. But, anyway, here she is, and uh, she is for what she is. And she, They've both got tempers on them, I suppose, both her and, uh, and Cheryl Versace Vassini. Uh, over in the jungle, uh, well, we've, we've, we've kicked out, thank goodness, the, uh, the footballer. He's the first one out. New tricks. Larry with a, a new tricks role. Uh, this is um, Larry Lamb. My God, he's a bit busy, isn't he, Larry? One minute he's doing a programme about Rome. Then he was, he was singing on a record the other day. Now he's back with new tricks. No end to this bloke, honestly. How's he going to fit in the radio programme? The answer is he will, because he's like that. He's very showbiz. I like Larry a lot like him a lot. Uh, oh, I've just realised, coming up to the news, isn't it? Uh, Ollie Murs is joining the 3am girls. It's a bit dull, isn't it, really? He's never going to make it huge, Ollie Murs, is he? He's always going to be OK, but he's always going to be sort of like the, the nearly ran. He's never going to be a huge international star because he just doesn't, he, he doesn't play in that field at all. He just sort of goes out there and sort of sings a few little songs. And we go, woo, he's Ollie Murs, Ollie Murs. More on Madonna. And her uh, her strange look, she's slightly odd, isn't she? Slightly odd. And now she's done the uh, the topless pose as well, which is equally bizarre. I <laughs> don't know why she would want to do it. I suppose, I suppose if you're proud of your body, you like doing that. David Beckham, uh, brushing off the car crash, I'm shaky and sore. Mm. Still doesn't answer the question, though. Were the police called, or is it being settled, you know, privately between the insurance companies? I just want an answer. Steve Allen's early breakfast. 
It's LBC 97.3... not. <laughs> and uh, coming up this morning, Edwina Curry's daughter. Yes. Oh, we have, we have history with Edwina Curry's daughter. She was desperate at one time. She's not improved in the looks department. But uh, because her mother was very famous... Uh, she started capitalising on them. Blow me down. She's back in the papers again today. Uh, the truck driver and a fighter of share of his wife's money. She's Latvian. She thought she went back home and got a divorce in Latvia. But the court here have said, no, no, no. He can pursue a claim. Your uh, divorce is not uh, um, sort of workable over in Latvia. No room at schools for Mary and Jesus. You don't want nativity plays. What's the matter? The spirit of Christmas has disappeared. Surely not. It's LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along to Tuesday. The criminals who get away with 71% of crime in this country. Dementia risk if you've got diabetes. No room at schools for Mary and Joseph or Mary and Jesus. They're not doing nativity anymore. I think the little children do it, but apparently when they move up a little bit. We had all that trouble years ago, didn't we, where parents wanted to take uh, uh, footage of their kids doing nativities. They went, no, you can't do that. You're not allowed to take pictures of children doing it. And people went, oh, don't be so stupid, for goodness sake. Starbucks in zero tax admission. Apparently they don't make any profit at all in Starbucks. I know. Amazing how they've survived. The student who got all his gifts free from Amazon and um, the run-down Muslim school that sent millions of pounds in Pakistan. That's a very strange one. Jimmy Bullard is kicked off I'm a Celebrity for being a bully. I think the public fell out with him very fast. Very, very fast. Continu- uh, surprisingly, that everybody was saying, oh, he could win it. I'd never even heard of him. I'd seriously never heard of him. And he came back in there, and then he made a few sort of mistakes, because they forget, I think, after a while they're on camera. Uh, Gemma Collins didn't, because she was never off camera, moaning about her dreadful life and, you know, how life couldn't be more awful and how she's taking the money. And now she's giving the money away to charity. I'm still waiting to hear which charities are getting it. I'd hate it to be another one of her lies, like, I'm never going to appear on television ever again. You know, I wouldn't like to think that that would be the case. Uh, the big Christmas draw is ice rinks. Ice rinks are everywhere at the moment. And uh, Oliver Cromwell's head. Where's the rest of him? Yesterday we found his uh, his plaque, which is lovely, for his, uh, which was taken from his coffin. Because you remember, Oliver Cromwell died, and then they decided to make an example of him, so they dug him up. And uh, then they hang-drawn quartered him. But he was dead by that time already. And his head, for 20 years, remained on a spike on London Bridge. And so they, they, they've got a photograph of the head in the papers today. Of, uh, I mean, it doesn't look too good. Most of them are covered in tar. That's why the heads look somewhat peculiar when they rescued them down. People used to go there dead of night with the help of a boatman or a lighterman on the Thames. And they would, take the, they would pay them money so they could get the heads back of their loved ones. And what they would do, the reason that they were covered in tar is because it stopped the seagulls pecking them. I don't know why that would make any difference. They were dead anyway. Uh, the daughter of, um, of Edwina Curry's revealed she's jealous of her mum's jungle antics. Yes, Debbie Curry, well past her sell-by, uh, says here that uh, Jake is one of the most beautiful fellas on the continent. I love his tattoos. I can't believe mum gets to cosy up to him. Still capitalising, can't actually make anything for herself. She was always slightly cracked. I mean, she latched onto one of our presenters at LBC, who's now married, uh, some years ago. I think they were both after a little bit of publicity, and it all went a bit, uh, a bit pear-shaped. Uh, the father of the brain cancer victim, uh, Asha King, has accused police of treating him like a criminal. 
A three-minute video posted on Facebook shows Brett King in an altercation with police at Gatwick on Saturday. In one exchange, Mr King says, how would you feel coming back to your own country being treated like a criminal? I mean, I have to be honest, I think this family have been treated appallingly. I really do. Absolutely appallingly. You know, all they wanted was to sort of make sure that their their son was sort of uh, getting better. That's all it is. Prince Harry, I'm unsuited to public speaking. And that's his, uh, that's his big secret. I know, I thought it was a bit dull as well. Ian Highland, talking about uh, Jason Manford, bemoaning the fact that looking after his twins meant he never had a spare hand. Ian says, probably for the best, Jace. What with the kind of trouble tweeting with your spare hand has got you into in the past. <laughs> I love things like that. It always makes me, uh, always makes me smile just a little bit. And uh, Claudia Winkleman, rightly praised for returning to work following her daughter's Halloween accident. And uh, on Sunday night, she provided even further evidence of her total dedication to the Strictly Come Dancing cause with this greeting to the judges after they'd once more sashayed in like four drunk nans at a wedding. Your entrances are just getting better and better. Fantastic, isn't it? She really is one of the brainiest people we've ever got. Uh, the X Factor Saturday night, James from Stereo Kicks, being taught how to do the washing up properly by his mum. X Factor Sunday night, Stereo Kicks voted off. And yet people still claim mums these days no longer prepare their kids for the future. <laughs> Lovely stuff. I absolutely love it. I really do. Um, back at the BBC Two's Posh People, Inside Tatler, the magazine's editor told pupils at a private girls' school that good manners are more important than good exam results. Aye, but neither is as important as daddy's good connections, eh, ladies? That's exactly what it is. Eamon Holmes on This Morning... Friday. What do you do if people turn up at your house unexpectedly at Christmas? Easy. He says, I pray my wife keeps them talking long enough for me to flush my stash down the toilet. He said, that's a joke, obviously. My wife never answers the door. (coughs) All the old stuff makes me laugh. Um, The mystery noises over the UK, incidentally, which people hear the other day, I didn't hear anything. But apparently there's like the big bang going off. They reckon it could have been a secret spy plane. Isn't that exciting? like the world of James Bond has come to this country. I love it. I absolutely love it. Can't get enough of things like that. Um, another one here from uh, from Alpha. Yes. Let us know exactly which lights you want and we'll pick them up and deliver to you in Twickham. Whoa! Look at that. How cool is that? And um, another one here. Big B&Q, Steve, at Shannon's Corner on the A3 past, past Kingston. All oh, right. I want to go and check these places. <laughs> Oh, dear. I'm doing my best, actually. I do need to go there. I do have to go, and I do have to um, just sort of make sure that I've got the particular lights. It's a particular light I'm after, and I saw it advertised on the telly, and I thought, that is definitely the one that I am going for. Definitely. Uh, Other stories of the papers. The criminals get away with 71% of crimes. And... um, it's, it's amazing when you look around the country, the crimes solved in 2013-14, Bedfordshire, 26% of crimes were solved. Very low, isn't it? Very, very low. Mind you, it's even worse. British Transport Police, 13% of crimes were solved. But I just thought British Transport Police check tickets. Isn't that what they do? They, they actually have British Transport Police. I know they have British Transport Police. I'm just, I'm just sort, of, uh, sort of trying to equate them together with the Met Police. So you've got City of London Police, Met Police... Then you've got the um, Parks Police as well, and then you've got British Transport Police. So there's four separate police forces operating. The Parks Police operate 
quite rightly, within the parks. <laughs> Metropolitan Police cover most of it. City of London Police have got different uh, helmets to everybody else. And Transport Police got a different uniform, I think. Sli- slightly different uniform. That's only the ones I can think of. There might actually be other police forces out there. Uh, Ollie Murs, he's, uh, they say he's worth £5 million, but he takes the same salary as pals. Well, I think best. I think best. You never know when it's going to finish. You know, there the will come the time, I assume, when uh, when people don't want to buy Ollie Murs records. You know, there's a limit to how long you keep going, you know, sort of dancing around. <laughs> I don't know whether it works all the time for him. Seems to, I suppose. Seems to. And uh, <coughs> nice to know that uh, so many of you received your poppies. They were, they were expecting them to arrive after Christmas, but lots were arriving before. And uh, anniversary greetings for Noreen and Brian for yesterday. We got loads. No, we didn't go to a, a concert. Nothing else lined up till the spring when Billy J. Kramer is doing a short tour. Neil Diamond was doing something the other day. Was it in Scotland? I remember thinking, oh, I'd love a surprise gig. We know we had Roger Daltrey. That was very good. I like liked that. Liked that idea. 84850. Uh... Another one here, Jay, says, uh, uh, what I would like to say about the McCanns, if it was myself, I'd be questioned and ridiculed for leaving my kids of that age alone and maybe prosecuted, as it's illegal. Yes, but I don't, but um, the, the trouble, I have to stop you there on that bit, because I don't know if it's illegal, I don't know if we can prosecute in this country for something that happened in Portugal. That would be up to the Portuguese authorities, wouldn't it? I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's ever the case where you can prosecute. It's like going to America and they go, you left your child home alone, and they go, we're going to prosecute. You, you, you can't. You can't. It wasn't, it didn't take place in this country. I mean, I absolutely agree that you don't leave children alone ever, but they, we don't know. They might have done that before. They might have been doing that every single day of the holiday. I don't know. I've got no idea. I wasn't with them on the, uh, on the campsite. I just know that in the case of my own godchildren, we wouldn't even dream of leaving them alone. Even when we went on holiday. You know, it's a case of one is eating for dinner. We're all eating for dinner. There's no, I'm just going to sit in the cabin. No, we're all eating. Get yourself ready. Come on. You're coming. Even if you're in a bad mood and you sit there sulking, you're still, you're still coming for dinner. Uh, 84850. Owen says, how do you tell a dirty grown adult to wash their hands after the toilet? Um, well, I, I just think it's something either people know or they don't know. You either wash your hands after the toilet or you or you don't. But there again, uh, I don't really know how that works in the case of... So you wash your hands and then you touch the door handle, which I'm assuming has got loads of germs on it anyway. I can't work that one out at all. Richard reckons police always attend road traffic accidents if somebody's injured. This one went to hospital. No mention of the police there at all. I'd love to know whether or not the police attended. Um... Dan says, uh, these are yesterday's said mince pies. He sent me in a picture of the all-butter deep filled mince pies. Golden, crumbly, all-butter pastry, generously filled with plump fruit, infused with port and brandy. Oh, that was quite nice. I like the infused. Is it infused such a good word? It's like drenched. Drenched is my favourite word as well, as you all know. <laughs> Love the idea. Howard says, where can I see a topless picture of Madonna? The sun and most other papers. I think it's the sun that's got uh, all these uh, things. <laughs> Phil says, you said they've just found Oliver Cromwell's plaque. What type of toothbrush did he use? Oh, dear, honestly, it's, the standard gets worse at quarter past five in the morning, I've discovered. It doesn't get better. And apparently the Royal Mail have their own internal police service, Steve, says Dan. Really? Do they really? 
Oh, wow. I'm quite, quite impressed by that, then. Quite impressed. 84850 Steve at uk. We'll try and weave everything in. We're going mad on the, on the text this morning. Uh, oh, the diplomatic police. Oh, crack, I'd forgotten about that. The diplomatic police. And the parks police, part of the Met police. Uh, British Transport Police in the City of London, two different forces. Thank you. And um, another one here says the McCanns have spent large amounts of money in court to silence anybody who questions their account of the incident. If Madeleine had gone missing in the UK, there would have been a full press conference, which we never got. This may have helped some people become better informed. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, they're still going to carry on wanting to look for it. And if somebody else is paying for it, why would you... Uh, well, I don't know what... I can't remember what happened to that case, that policeman who wrote a book in Portugal, who, was, who basically had defamed them by saying it was their fault. I mean, in theory, in a roundabout way, yes, had they not gone off that night, that child would, would still be sitting there in her bed or back here in this country. But they did, and you can't turn back the hands of time. Uh, but he, he was saying he thought they were responsible. How on earth that happens, I have no idea. So they go over there to go to court. She's got that pained expression on her face all the time. I mean, you, you just sometimes think, at some point in their life, they're going to want to smile. But I don't think it's just yet. I think it's a long way off. Quarter past five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. So we've got Oliver Cromwell's head, I believe it is. It does look slightly odd. I'm, I'm always fascinated by these, these curios that crop up every so often. Uh, Dan sent me about the, uh, the Postal Heritage and their security, which is good. I suppose they've got... You know, I'm always amazed that they managed... I know it seems odd, doesn't it? But I know this summer year you'll be sending millions and millions of cards and parcels and stuff like that around the world and to friends and family. And I've often thought, as the post office take on a lot of extra staff at this time of year, thousands more people go and work for the post office. And I thought, well, the risk of people nicking things is fairly high. And they've caught people in the past. I thought, how on earth do you find somebody like that? And it's because they've got an internal system for checking things out. So, in other words, they can find out... What they do is they actually put a rogue parcel in... They know that if it's a birthday card, there might be a very good chance that there could be money in it. So there was the postman who nicked, I think, 14,000 items of mail. But he, he got caught because what they do is they actually put a test parcel in or a test envelope and then they can trace it and then they find out. Then they just put cameras on and they find out who's actually pinching stuff. So they do get caught in the end. Might take a little while, but I promise you they do get caught. Uh, Jackie's still waiting for her poppies. They've not arrived yet. Yours will be the ones after Christmas. You watch. That'll be the ones after Christmas. You'll be so cross. So, so cross. Uh, diplomatic police, did we mention them? Yes, we mentioned them. We mentioned the diplomatic corps. And uh, another one here. And uh, the Royal Protection Police. Yeah, but well, they're, they're just a small branch of the Met Police, aren't they? The Royal Protection. Any officer can move into Royal Protection. Nat- nativity sets are alive and well. Yours magazine had a knit your own this week. <laughs> Baby Jesus, lambs and all. Cute has to be believed, says Sandra. Because nativity plays are dying out. Fewer than a third of schools are, pl- are staging these traditional nativity plays. Uh, one in eight have no religious references. Just under half combine characters such as Lord Christmas, based on, <laughs> based on Lord Sugar, with biblical figures... Um, as well. Only a third of pupils sing carols, with one in ten uh, shows linked to Diwali and one in twenty Eid or Thanksgiving. Wow. Apparently, do they know it's Christmas at some schools? It seems not. Oh, what a shame. And they don't sing carols. Mind you, the only place that you get to, to, to do carols now is in church on Christmas Eve. I think that's the best. That's my favourite time. 
Or failing that, if you're really lucky and you can get in early, and I don't think you'll get in now, you book for St Paul's Cathedral, don't you, or Westminster Abbey, carols by candlelight and stuff like that. That's what we do well. That's what we really do well. I love stuff like that. I'm terrible. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, use tissues to open the door when you come out of the toilet. can be used to turn off the tap as well. Or just avoid public toilets like me because I've got severe OCD. Yes, I mean, I have to be honest, that is taking it a little bit too far. That's like putting toilet paper down all over the seat, isn't it? You can actually buy your own covering to go over the, the top of a, a toilet seat. Although I'm told that they have less germs on them than most places. You know, there used to be a thing... Do you remember years ago, there used to be this rumour that if you were a girl, you could get pregnant on a toilet seat? I mean, have to ask yourself. £470,000 a minute, manic Monday. They reckon next Monday will be the biggest online spending spree ever. Say next Monday, Monday. Who cares? It's all. Listen, it's Christmas. You're going to go berserk this year because what people do is they go and spend all the money if they've had a rotten year. If you've had a really boring year and you just think to yourself, "I just really want to cheer myself up," I'll go and spend money. That's that's the answer, isn't it? You go and spend money if you've had a miserable year. I sometimes think I'll go out. I'm going to spend some money, and I think, "What are you spending money for? Are you mad? You don't need anything," and so I don't. I don't. I sort of I go back indoors again. The only thing I do is I go and sort of I'll buy some food or something like that. But I don't really need to buy anything. It's like my brother said to me the other day, what do you want for Christmas? I said, I don't want anything. I know it seems really, really odd. I said, but I don't want, I don't need anything. Put it that way. If I need something, I can go and buy it. I said, but I don't actually want anything as far as I know. Uh, fake colleges handed EU students £5 million of our money. They reckon a 1,000 students from Europe falsely claimed money in loans and grants through private colleges. The students, mainly from Romania and Bulgaria, were handed nearly £5,500 each. There are suspicions that once tuition fees were paid to colleges and loans given to students, many simply left. Dropout rates at some colleges were 20%. It's because they're fake colleges. You know, they have people, I've seen them turning up at Heathrow Airport on the, on the programmes where they look at the border control and immigration and stuff like that. And they had some man there go, what are you doing here? Uh, student. Sorry? Student. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. What's the name of the college? Uh, it's in London. Yeah, where? You actually claim you're going to this college. And they ended up quizzing this, this bloke. It turns out he was working in an Indian, in an Indian restaurant. He wasn't going to college at all. It was just there's loads of people like this, loads of people who are working as part of the black economy over here. They, they don't actually pay any taxes. They're treated very badly. But, uh, but they actually, you know, think it's a good idea to come here. So they just pretend to go to a college. And we all know that there are no... There are no colleges now where you can sort of get away with this. They're rapidly closing them all down. No carols sung anymore at school. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it, really? I quite like the idea that carols are sung. I think carols should be sung at, at Christmas. I think it's absolutely necessary. I think it's absolutely necessary to keep the spirit of Christmas alive. I don't care whether you're religious or not. I'm not particularly bothered about that. I just think a Christmas carol is a nice thing to sing. They're very tuneful. They're lovely words. They're quite stirring. They're a bit patriotic. I love it. I absolutely love Christmas carols. You know, even if you don't want, you know, anything to do with the Christmas season. Because it's, it's in theory, got nothing to do with Christianity. The Christmas season has nothing to do with Christianity. You know, Christ wasn't born on the 25th of December. I hate to break it to you, but he wasn't. I think it was July. But because of the way the calendar's worked out, they've gone, oh, Christmas. In fact, we only celebrate Christmas because we're going into the new year. It's it's crystal was it crystal I can't remember what it's called now Christ candle mass or something like that whatever it is it's pagan 
what we're celebrating is pagan. The Christmas tree as you know it was brought over by Victoria's husband, Albert. He was the one who, who pioneered that little, uh, that little wheeze. And we've sort of taken it to our hearts ever since. There were no Christmas trees in Bethlehem, put it that way. And uh, it was just a good story. So at the end of the day, you know, we have Christmas because we celebrate going into the new year and we celebrate the fact that we hope there's going to be a good harvest and we hope that it's going to be a wonderful year and everybody's going to be very happy. And that's all it is. But some people have hijacked it and gone, oh, it is the time to go to to church and to sing carols and everything else. But you don't have to. It's got nothing to do with Christmas. Nothing at all to do with it. Uh, other police services, Royal Parks Police, now taken over by the Met Police. Uh, there's also London Council's police, such as Wandsworth Parks Police and Newham Parks Constabulary. Wow. There's also Constabulary and also the City of London Police. Oh, dear, there's far too many of them. Thank you, Tony. British Transport Police. Oh, I forgot about the MOD. I've forgotten about the MOD. I should have remembered the MOD, because every time we have the Army and Navy playing in Twickenham, and uh, it is it is possibly one of the most lively times, because in come all the services, some of them fat, bloated. I've never seen so many overweight people in my entire life. You know, there's the, also, they're, they're up for a laugh, they're up for getting very, very drunk, but prior to them arriving, I think about uh, a week before the uh, the military police come in, and they survey the They've done it all the time, but they like coming in for a few sort of bevies. And they've surveyed the area. And what they do is they do snatch squads. So, in other words, if somebody's behaving badly, some of their soldiers get very drunk. They literally whiz them off the streets. They're taken away. They almost take over from the Metropolitan Police. Uh, and the bomb squad, says Philip. Don't forget them. Oh, God, this, I didn't realise there were so many police forces. There's actually quite a number, aren't there? Quite a number. Which ones do I like the best? All of them. All of them. I think without uh, without a police force, I think we'd be in a terrible situation. Terrible. Uh, actually, the good news is that Rod Stewart's son, according to Penny Lancaster, she turned up on the Loose Women panel the other day. I didn't see her on there. She's very tall. But she says that the kids uh, do things at home to earn extra money. So, in other words, emptying the dishwasher or making the beds gets you your pocket money. And that's exactly uh, how we used to do it. You know, in an effort to get some money... In, and I can't even tell you how much it was. I can't even tell you how much it was. But, you, you know, your, your, your dad would say, if you do the washing up for your mother for a week, you'll get so much pound or whatever it was. You're, wow, a pound. It was an absolute fortune in those days. And coming up to Christmas, we all needed the money. So we were more than happy. Clean your bicycles, you get more money. Clean the car, you get this much money. It was all, we were just paid help. It's all we were in our family. We were paid help, but we loved doing it. I never looked at it as a chore. If, as long as I just did the washing up. Didn't want to do drying. I couldn't bear doing drying. Drying was the boring bit. I only wanted to do the washing up bit, because you'd finish before everybody else. you go, quick, wash it, wash it. Duh! My brother would be going, slow down! I get very cross about things like that. <laughs> you keep telling us the one thing you want this Christmas, those mince pies. Yes, I have to be honest. What, what, is, what do I really want for Christmas? Pigs in blankets. I do like, I could eat those. In fact, they, they were doing them in Master Spencer's the other day, and I thought, perhaps I could just cook them and just eat a box full. Don't know. Is it possible? There's a carol service for charity at Southwark Cathedral on the 13th. Lovely. Very nice. I'm sure it'll do very well. All these things do, don't they? All, all, the, all the local carol services do very, very well indeed. We've got a new pound coin coming out. And uh, it's sort of... How many sides has this one got? It's based on the old threepenny bit. And it goes into... Circ- oh, it's all right. You don't need to worry. 2017... Many of us will not be here in 2017, so it doesn't actually make the slightest difference. It does look like an old thruppity bit. So, of course, what they're going to have to do is um, adapt 450,000 machines. 
That's why everything is done on your phone now. Very rarely. I mean, we do have machines in London. I saw somebody trying to pay on the bus the other day. That's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? Because you haven't been able to pay on the bus for a little while. A uh, quick time check for you, if you're worrying about things like that, which you might be if you have to get up to go to work, or failing that, you need to start ordering on Amazon. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Picture in the paper today of, uh, of a racist thug. And uh, his name is Gareth Devlin. Gareth uh, Devlin lives in... Where is he? Where is he? He's in a place called Teesside. Sorry, Teesside. It's, it's a place just outside Teesside. He was in court in Teesside. And he's quite clearly off his trolley because he screamed. He's 28. And he went on a racist rampage. He screamed he's going to kill all Poles in his hometown. Rushed towards a group of terrified men and uh, struck one of them across the back as they fled. Uh, he's got more than 40 previous convictions. He was later arrested thanks to an amateur photographer in the group he attacked. Thank God for these people with their camera phones. Uh, Robert uh, Oswiski took pictures of Devlin, as he and his psychic Joseph Smithson, as they advanced on them. Uh, Devlin was jailed for five years, and uh, the judge uh, got the uh, chief constable of Cleveland to write to the young man who took the picture to thank him for his crime-fighting efforts, which is brilliant. Uh, The other person uh, with him was just given community service. But, I mean, you just can't go round these people like this. You know, I mean, just as well we sent him to prison, I think very shortly we're going to start needing to build extra-sized prisons because it's just just ridiculous the amount of people who are quite clearly losing their rag on the streets on a daily basis. Apparently, Steve, says Keith on the M25, the Burlington Arcade off Piccadilly have their own police force. Well, they're not so much police force. They're, um, They're beadles. They're beadles, and they stand uh, at one either end, and they were there. You used to get them on private roads in London. There's a couple of uh, roads down near Fleet Street. There's one in particular. It's a private road, and it's had, got, like, a little sentry box, and you would go to this little sentry box. There was one in Doughty Street, which is where um, Charles Dickens lived, and you would say, uh, I'm calling on Mr Dickens. And uh, they would say, he's at number 23, and you would, we would wander down there, but they would keep an eye on you. So they were the, basically a, sort of a small police force, but they were beetles. They looked after uh, people's, uh, people's well-being. Also, the summer holiday police. The summer holiday police, says James, who specialise in hounding ageing pop stars. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and the Maddie police who specialise in crime in pleasant Portuguese holiday resorts, and, of course, the turn-a-blind-eye-to Muslim crime force up in Rotherham. Yes, we could, we could probably do jokes like that till the cows come home, I should imagine. On the subject of pocket money, and uh, did your mum and dad pay you to make their coffee, and did you declare it on your income tax returns? No, no. <laughs> we didn't do income tax returns when I was little. We just got pocket money, but we didn't get a lot of pocket money. Nowadays, I'm told a fiver is quite acceptable as pocket money. Although some of my, my godchildren are very good. They don't spend their money. I mean, they're very good at going out. If they want to buy something, they do spend their own. You know, they do spend their, their own uh, money. Richard says, when my eldest boy was 12, his music teacher encouraged him to audition for a local amateur theatre group whose Christmas panto was Peter Pan. He got the part of Peter, and the producer asked me if I'd be in the chorus. I'd never done anything like it, but I was bringing my son to two or three rehearsals a week, so... I kind of agreed. It was one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done. You're right. You do bond with other company members. Being in the chorus is no small part. I was on stage loads. Four costume changes, got the makeup on, I was singing, I was dancing, and the producer wrote two jokes for me to tell. When the audience laughed, I was in my element. 
I've not done it since, but if the opportunity came up, I'd be in like a shot. I agree with you. I mean, I've often said to people, join a local operatic society. I, I can only highlight what you say and equate it to Only Boys Allowed. They're on YouTube in their um, demo, and they're, they're saying, you know, to be in Only Boys Allowed, because they're all boys from the Welsh Valleys, who otherwise would have got into drink and drugs and crime, and uh, life expectancy not particularly high in the Welsh Valleys. They have a, you know, there's a long history of, uh, of teenagers getting into the wrong company, committing suicide, so all the boys in Only Boys Allowed, and I think there's about... 200 of them in the in the various groups now. In all the different towns, they've got an Only Boys Allowed group, and then you can move up to Only Men Allowed, and they've got Only Children Allowed. They've got lots of, lots of different singing groups. And because, for some of them, they've never had that bonding before, all of a sudden, they become like a giant family. And that's what happens when people do, do plays, when people do pantomime. Pantomime in particular, because you make friends. Because for a few weeks, you're living, you know, sometimes three shows a day. Three shows. Imagine if we here at LBC, we said, and today Steve Allen's doing three shows on LBC. No, not three shows, please. Please, not three shows. One's bad enough. And so that's how it works. You bond and you form it. And, and kids love it. Kids love, you know, I remember when we did the uh, the local operatic society down in Newbury years and years and years ago. And we did one one production. Then we did a, a couple more, a couple of friends of of, uh, of mine. We loved it. We absolutely loved it. You know, everybody else is sort of hanging around on street corners. We're on stage. We're on stage. We're, we're loving every minute of it. Every minute. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. June says, age three, our son went off to use the toilet in a restaurant prior to ordering. When the waiter came over, he announced, I'd like the chicken, please, but granddad can't have any dinner because he did a toilet and didn't wash his hands. <laughs> Imagine at three years old. Mixed emotions of pride in my lad and ashamed of my father. Isn't it funny how some people don't wash their hands? I don't know why. I don't know why. They just don't, I suppose. Oh, and then there's the river police. Thank you, Sheldon. Sheldon. It's such an American name, isn't it? Sheldon. Uh, so the river police. I've completely forgotten about the river police. I do apologise to them. I do apologise. I'm normally much better at remembering all the police forces. I didn't realise there were so many of them. Crikey, we've got loads. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, another one here. Um, I've heard you mel- mention Mel B, says Karan. Do you remember in the early days of the Spice Girls, Mel B and Peter Andre were an item? Really? Good Lord. That must have been a rare occasion for her. Rare occasion. <laughs> I don't know. Mick and Carla are on the road again, off to the Wirral. Poor souls. I've never been to the Wirral, but it sounds lovely, doesn't it? When is Shirley Bassey on? Ah, I think probably Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. At the moment, at the moment, I think it's Christmas. Uh, because it's not a particularly long interview, but we've got the... So- you haven't heard Des O'Connor yet. You've got to hear Des O'Connor. Des O'Connor you're going to absolutely love. You're going to be crackers for Des O'Connor and for all the other people. So this weekend, I think what we're probably going to do is, um, I think, um, who did I say we were going to run this weekend? I can't remember now. I think, um, who are we going to? We're going to this weekend. Wait a minute, just find out for you. Because I knew there was something I was going to... Ray Winston we're going to run this weekend because he's got a book out. And Harry Hill. Because Harry Hill, I think, has got uh, a DVD out. of the, Yes, I know, because he, he takes the mickey out of me at the beginning. hope that bit's cut out. It, it's his tour as well, right? tour and a dvd i'm pretty certain it's a dvd as well the deep dvd of the tour that's right yes which he did so he said yes I, so i said you recorded it he said well obviously <laughs> 
We laughed a lot in that one. Ray Winston was very good, as per usual. He's got his autobiography out, so we've got a lot to talk about. So that's just this weekend, but there's loads of people coming up. Seriously, loads of people. I can't wait for the Top Gear 2 to come in. I'm hoping there's going to be some controversy before we actually get to it, so at least we'll have uh, have something to pin it on, which is good. Somebody says, were you, were you spoilt as a child? Um, I don't think so. We had nothing to really spoil us with. Nothing to spoil us with. We, my, my parents were sort of comfortable. Comfortable, but I, I don't think we were spoilt as children. And I can tell you exactly how much my parents spent on Christmas for us, because it was a long time ago. That's the only thing I can remember. £25 was maximum for Christmas. That was for that was for the sort of the main present. And if it went over that, then that kind of et up into your birthday present as well. But it never worked like that because by the time it got to your birthday, it was uh, it was it was they'd forgotten about it. <laughs> Which was always quite good. Always quite good. No, twenty five pounds for Christmas. Now I'm led to believe it's uh, it's a few hundred pounds. I know there's probably parents listening are going, Are you serious? Twenty five pounds? We'd be grateful for just twenty five pounds. But uh, no, many hundreds of pounds now for gifts. It's very expensive. There's another Saudi Arabian woman. She's been arrested. What was she doing? She was driving her car. I know. I can't believe it either. But apparently in Saudi Arabia, women are not allowed to drive cars. And she was driving in. Uh, She has got um, a driving licence. But she wanted to drive into the United Arab Emirates, where she holds a driving licence, and where it's legal for women to drive. So she came in from the Saudi capital, Riyadh, but had her passport confiscated and had to sleep in the car before being arrested and taken for interrogation because she went behind the wheel of a car in Saudi Arabia. You sometimes wonder whether or not they're in the real world. You know, can women are not allowed to drive cars? All sorts of things that women are not allowed to do. wouldn't really want to be a woman in these places, would you? Absolutely not. Um... Did you? Oh, there's a lovely rare picture here, a colour photograph of the Beatles on holiday in Tenerife on the brink of international stardom. They're going up for sale, these pictures. They should fetch at about £6,000 because people pay good money for these things. Um, and people love anything to do with the Beatles. Still, we love anything to do with the Beatles. Any early pictures, any early recordings, people love them. Uh, the fashion police, Steve, I'm guessing they don't count. No. And the sleeping policeman. Thank you. Every morning you talk about mince pies, says Storm, but I love them, but I'm allergic to orange peel. Oh. I didn't know they put orange peel in mince pies, do they? Is there actually orange... Wait a minute. Oh, I've lost my box now. I was going to check, actually, to see if there is... I've never thought about the big orange peel. Sugar, apple, sultanas, currants, glacé cherries... Uh, Oh, mixed peel, candied mixed peel. That would be orange peel, wouldn't it? You're right, actually. I think it forms part of the of the winter mixture that goes inside mince pies. I'm sorry about that. I've forgotten about people being allergic to things. I'm allergic to... I mean, the, these ones have got a fairly good sell-by date on. These are the, uh, the Iceland ones. And this is uh, up till January 2015. There isn't any booze in here, though, is there? I thought there's not any booze. That's sort of... Um, Oh, it has. It's got brandy and port. Oh, that's why, you see, the brandy and port. Because do check the sell-by dates when you buy mince pies, please, because you might discover some of them, the sell-by date is before Christmas. Be a bit pointless, wouldn't it, really? Even if you freeze them. They go a bit funny, mince pies, if you freeze them. So check the sell-by dates. I think January is quite... You're not going to be eating mince pies in January, are you? Probably many of it. Our, our, our turkey seems to go forever. Ever and ever and ever. And I think this year, because we're eating out, we don't need to worry about it. We're not going to go through all that messy stuff. Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. 
I started drinking a short while ago probiotic drinks under the misguided uh, thought that they were going to be doing me some good. And they've done research into probiotics and they've discovered... Uh, actually, the label was actually banned in Europe. You're not allowed to use the word probiotic at all. They said it's very misleading. There is no evidence to suggest that they can do you any good whatsoever. The health claims are unproven. Um, and good bacteria that doesn't actually reach the gut at all. But, of course, I was sort of led to believe that if you drink these little things, that all of a sudden... It's, I mean, they, they do taste nice. Um, but at the end of the day, they're just not very good for you. And so it, they say it, it's really a waste of your money. Read it in the, uh, in the Express for today. Very good. Uh, Steve, I hate mince pies. I can only eat the lid. The filling reminds me of squashed flies. Oh, I love, I love squashed fly biscuits. Definitely. And we really did have the, uh, the anti-skid works going on on the, on the travel report today. A lot of you have uh, picked up on that one. Uh, if you're buying presents for your doggies or, or pussycats... Then there's a big feature in the paper today. You can get little reindeer costumes for dogs, stockings for cats, even a treat for hamsters. Mind you, hamsters are fairly easily pleased. They don't do a lot. They just go on the... They don't know if it's Christmas or Easter. They've got no idea. But everybody does all different uh, different things. I quite like some of the little clothes for dogs, but I don't like seeing them dressed up. I went past a shop in Kingston the other day, opposite John Lewis, and they've got little raincoats for dogs. Literally a little raincoat. You sort of put it on, it's like a little PVC thing. And I have to be honest, I did walk past it and smile. Because I thought, that's quite funny. I wouldn't want to see a dog in it, but it did, it did make me smile. However, if you've got a little bit of money this year and you can't work out what to give somebody as a present, how about a hamper? A hamper is always a, is always a very good idea. It's a sort of present that you would buy somebody if you can't think of anything else to get them. And so if you've, I mean, I found a very nice hamper for you here. I found, I found some little ones from M&S, Taste of the Deli, where you get some wine and cheeses and stuff like that. They've got a cheese lover's gift at 60 quid. Uh, there's a festive hamper from Smith & Kinghorn, uh, which is nice. Christmas breakfast, lunch and dinner meat box for six. That's from uh, Toddenham Manor Farm. That looks quite good. Um, the hampers, though, here's a lovely one from Fortnum & Mason's. And you'd expect it to be quite nice, because it cost £5,000... £5,000. <laughs> not cheap, is it? And uh, they say it's the ultimate hamper. It's got um, Baby Stilton, Best Wines and Spirits. Plus, of course, you've got the Fortnum and Mason hamper left at the end, which for many people is the actual gift. They're not bothered about the stuff inside. However, I have found if you win the lottery, the nicest hamper is coming in today from Harrods. And it's priced at when you've sold your Kazakhstan gold mine. And the Fortnum's Imperial just doesn't quite seem to do it at 5,000. Harrods have brought in their Decadence ham- uh, hamper, which comes in at, uh, well, it's, it's in two leather trunks. It's £20,000. Now, for some people, this probably isn't very much at all. For me, it's an awful lot. You've got everything here. You've got everything. You've got caviar. You've got uh, balsamic bi- um, uh, <laughs> vinegar and all that. Kind of, I don't know. It just doesn't seem, doesn't seem that exciting for £20,000. But it's good, though. It's good. Delivery, by the way, is an extra tenner. I'd be saying, listen, it's £20,000. You're going to throw in free delivery? Don't be so stupid. Of course you are. You're not going to sort of... £20,000 and £10. £20,000 and £10. That's from Harrods, though. So that's, that's quite a nice one, isn't it? If you want to have... I got a good one from Costco some years ago. Costco actually gave me one, which was particularly nice. I was very pleased with that. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. 
and, uh, and was very happy with it. In fact, we divided it out in the office. It came in for me, but being the generous soul that I am, this one came with uh, a dressing gown, champagne, champagne flutes, everything. In fact, we even took a, a picture of it, and I think we might have done something. We might have put it up on the website. I can't remember exactly. Um, but it was, it was wonderful. It really was nice. It came in like a trunk. And then we had a little raffle in the office and people got to pick a prize, which was lovely. Because was something in there for most people. Something there for most people. Uh, Jimmy Ballard has been evicted from the jungle. He says the bully talk was just banter, but they obviously decided differently. And the public voted him out. If only, if only we could do the same for the X Factor. Get rid of these silly little people as quickly as possible. Uh, the rail nightmare before Christmas and after us. The trains are packed at the moment. I don't know how many of you are coming into town at the moment when before you might have brought the car, and now you think, oh, I'll, I'll take the train, I'll take the train. Boris is going to be making some announcement this morning with Nick Ferrari about transport. I have no idea what it is, but it's something to do with a major new transport announcement. That'll be with uh, Boris Johnson and Nick Ferrari this morning on Breakfast at 7. He's going to be talking about the McCanns, not Boris, but Nick. And now it's £8 million investigating Madeleine McCann's disappearance in another country. Portuguese police have all been given up, I think, and the uh, people who own the uh, Praia de Luz Resort just want it to go away. Um, looking at the papers this morning for Nick Ferrari is David Banks, former editor of The Mirror. The, uh, the paedophile doctor jailed for 22 years. This is uh, Miles Bradbury, who admitted carrying out medical examinations on 18 boys aged between 10 and 16 uh, these are children who had cancers and leukaemias and all sorts of things. Uh, the judge at the Cambridge Crown Court described Mr Bradbury, who is, uh, he has children of his own, as the worst paedophile he'd ever seen in terms of the gross and grotesque betrayal of the young patients. Uh, all of the victims suffered from uh, leukaemia, haemophilia or other serious conditions. Some have since died. So they've sent him to prison for 22 years. They think that there are more people out there who were abused, who might not have remembered, but this might jog their memory. Plus uh, another paedophile, John Allen, must serve at least 11 years, convicted of historic sex abuse against 18 boys and one girl between 7 and 15. It's obviously, it's, it's, was everybody abused as a child? It almost seems that that's the way it was. If, if, there's, if there's, you know, this paedophile doctor... Has been uh, has been jailed for twenty two years, and they reckon there are lots more people. Jimmy Savile, they reckon, was in the hundreds. There's a care home manager, probably the the true figures. You will never know. It just seems absolutely amazing, doesn't it? Talisa is talking in the paper today about friends who cut her off after the uh, after the drugs uh, charges, which she was cleared of. And uh, she says, oh, but I've, I've gained true friends through it. There was that nice documentary made about it, because I think they knew what the outcome was going to be at the end. Uh, plus, the, uh, the boys should take that. Another intimate uh, gig. This is at the, uh, the Dover Street Arts Club. They're doing quite a lot of these little things, actually. Quite a lot of them. And uh, the new album is uh, out now, which is good news. Uh, Louis Walsh, furious. Furious. Can't begin to tell you how angry. He says, Simon Cowell will come to regret voting stereo kicks off the X Factor. Um, to be honest with you, I hope they disappear into obscurity. I couldn't care less. I'm so, I'm so sick of manipulative bands. I'm so sick of people who, uh, three of them have behaved very, very badly indeed. But he said, the potential for these boys is incredible. And time will tell who will do well between these boys and the girl. Um, <coughs> yes, I, I suspect you're probably right. But as I've said before on the programme, we've now had three stories about this uh, this group. Neither have been, none of them have been particularly interesting or uh, 
all good for their image. And so I think parents will be going, I don't think we want you following these boys. It's uh, not so good. Uh, John Richardson, he started getting a little bit of publicity. I'm assuming he's got a DVD. Oh, he has. He's got a DVD out. He's the team captain on 8 out of 10 Cats. Uh, he's got a new live D- DVD out. But more importantly, he's actually getting married next year. He's, uh, he's got OCD, I think. And that's why he says he's, he didn't... Um, he didn't actually think that he was ever going to get a girlfriend. So now he's got this one. He's decided quickly to uh, to uh, to get married. And so he'll probably settle down and be quite nice. He's quite funny, actually. I quite like him. Uh, we haven't booked him for in conversation just yet. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Um, uh, the parents of murdered bride Annie Devani will sue their son-in-law for not revealing he was bisexual before marrying their daughter. Good Lord, honestly. It's more bizarre by the day, doesn't it, all of these things? And uh, the cash-strapped co-op bank may be found wanting again. Uh, the head of it has admitted it'll be no surprise if the troubled lender fails a stress test later this month. Cyber Monday, they say, didn't match Black Friday's buying frenzy, but you still went out there and spent an awful lot. Uh, predictions are saying that it would be the very busiest, but it isn't. But now they've said it could be the next one. They're, they're, they're clinging on to anything at the moment. They're absolutely desperate to shift all this sale item stuff so they can restock for the new year. Uh, Philip Schofield and his 24-hour TV epic, which will probably come to an end very, very shortly. I think he was... Uh, he doesn't quite know where he is at the moment. <laughs> doesn't quite know where he is. Uh, and diabetes victims suffer memories, memory loss. That is true. That is true. I can I can only confirm that. Just one of the many side effects of diabetes. First of all, your memory goes and your feet drop off. It's it's just, just ghastly, it really is. Uh, Gordon Brown, as you know, is going to quit as an MP. And they're still doing the uh, the horror crash that could have killed Beckham and son. I mean, that's not a, a pleasant prospect at all, is it? But uh, we don't know. And the angels have flown in. Yes, the angels are the supermodels. Uh, including Adriana Lima and Carly Kloss. I've never even heard of any of these people, but apparently they work for Victoria's Secret Lingerie and they're doing some sort of show over here. They're just lingerie models. But it's the first time I've ever seen them over here, and there's obviously loads of them in America. They're what? Oh, so top of the hour. Oh, do you beg your pardon? I suddenly realised I was so carried away with Victoria's Secret. Most unlike me to miss things like that. I don't generally get carried away with it. The betrayal of our elderly. Apparently, according to the papers today, some are visited by up to 50 carers in a year. They've got no idea who they're seeing. There is no room at schools for Mary and Jesus or Joseph. We're knocking out the nativity plays, I'm afraid. Katie Price's ghostwriter dies at the age of 49. She's done all of her autobiographies. And she's written, I think, about nine novels. Katie Price, of course, has never written one single word. Uh, Oliver Cromwell's head and his body. Will they ever be together again? I've got no idea. And the truck driver in a fight over a share of his wife's money. She thought if she went back to Latvia, he couldn't touch it. The court here have said he can. Oh, the big Christmas draw is ice rinks. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That and more is next. On FM. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to the uh, programme. If you've just woken up, it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast with you every weekday, Monday through Friday between 4 and 6.30. And you can catch me on Sunday between 6 and 8. We start at 5 within conversation. And it's an opportunity this week to hear Harry Hill and Ray Winston. Uh, Ray with his autobiography and Harry Hill with a DVD of his 
last tour and uh, lots to talk about with both of them. So that's on Sunday morning between 5 and 6, repeated between 9 and 10 on the Sunday evening. And we do the Sunday papers on the Sunday between 6 and 8. Uh, a disaster for Eddie the Eagle Edwards. He's now leaping into the movies. Uh, Jimmy Bullard kicked off I'm a Celebrity and Starbucks in zero tax admission. I don't think for another three years I'll be bothering to pay any tax at all because they're not making any profit, not making any money at all. Apparently they're running at a loss. I'm, a, I'm, I'm almost at a loss to describe how that works. But uh, that's the way it is for them, and so they're, um, they won't need to pay it. It's a, it's a strange system of... Nick will probably explain it later on to your James O'Brien or somebody like somebody who knows much better about it than I do. It involves sort of selling your own products via, via your own company or buying your own products from your own company. It's all a bit peculiar, whatever it is. Uh, anyway, 84850, steve at uk. My father didn't believe in pocket money, says Christine. I earned money going shopping for neighbours and returning pop and beer bottles. Do you remember when you could pick up, not so much um, beer bottles, but pop bottles, LucasAid bottles? If you found one of those, that was worth a bit of money. You could take it back to the shop and get your money back on it. That was always a brilliant thing. I thought that was fantastic. I loved that. Nowadays, they don't seem to do money back on bottles. You just put them in a recycling thing and somebody else seems to get it. But we used to save all sorts of things. We used to save newspapers. We used to save bottle tops. Bottle tops could get you a guide dog. How many bottle tops? I've got no idea. Front pages of the uh, the papers. Uh, we'll start with the Metro this morning. This is one everybody reads on the train. By the time we f- if, if I went through the whole paper, you'd be so bored sitting on the train with nothing to read because that's what people do. I'm, I mean, it must be the most disposable newspaper I've ever seen. Thousands of copies get left on train, millions of copies. And uh, outside the stations, you had to run the uh, the gauntlet of the people handing out free magazines. Free magazine? Free ma- no, I don't want anything, thank you. But their main headline is, uh, is a million pounds of funding for a crumbling British school may have been siphoned off by its governors and sent to Pakistan. Claims the cash was used to build a boarding school in uh, Zirat are being investigated by Birmingham Council. An insider said, The Birmingham school's falling apart, the roof is leaking, little space for outdoor play, yet the Trust has used a million pounds to build a new school in Pakistan. It beggars belief. The head teacher and governors of the Al-Hiraj Islamic School, including the chairman Wasim Yaqub, were dismissed earlier this year after £900,000 was missing in the accounts. Oh dear. The trust that ran this state secondary also controls the new boys-only Pakistani school near the Afghan border. It thought the money has been spent on its construction. A council spokesman said, we've gathered enough information to warrant further investigation. If we find anything criminal, it will be referred to the police. Another, another, another sort of sad case in this country, isn't it, of money being handed over and then it disappears somewhere else because there's so much corruption and so many pe- bent people out there. I mean, let's face it, the head teacher and governors of this school were all dismissed early this year. £900,000 has gone missing. <laughs> we just, we, oh, that's OK. That's OK. I'll tell you, where there's money, there's corruption. Daily Mail, green rules, slap £50 on your family ferry fare to France. I haven't been over to France recently. This is going to affect somebody like Bryn and Annie. Families taking a ferry across the Channel in the new year will face a 30% hike in ticket prices as the EU bring in tough new green rules. Apparently, um, the Dover to Calais P&O cruise uh, for a family of four will jump from 160 to £210. The UK Chamber of Shipping says the move could be the death knell for the ferry industry, adding routes teetering on the edge of economic viability will be pushed off the edge. 
And uh, a European committee has warned that the fuel switch could lead to engine breakdowns and fires, leaving boats floating dangerously without power in busy shipping lanes. Dear me, some dreadful... They say it costs the industry about £300 million a year. They also tell you on the Daily Mail today how you can lose uh, £3 by Friday. That's this Friday. They say it's the fastest and easiest Christmas diet yet. And you're dying for me to tell you, and I want to tell you as well. I want to find out what this diet is that can lose you £3 by the time you get to Friday, because we're only on Tuesday, aren't we? That means in the next few days. So here it is. Uh, It's so simple. A three-day burn plan. And they say, uh, give yourself over to the burn and eat and drink only what... Uh, you see below. Every item on the list is required, includes every element, and drink plenty of water. Breakfast, a smoothie. Which I suppose could be okay, couldn't it? Uh, The snack would be a pear, plus a large glass of water. Uh, Lunch, special soup, a cup of special tea, large glass of water, spinach and avocado salad. Snack, two plums, glass of water. There's a lot of water involved in this one here, so it's filling you up. Uh, For dinner, special tea, special soup, large glass of water, fish with roasted vegetables, see recipe right. And it's got things here like roast vegetables on courgette pasta, zesty spinach avocado salad with watermelon. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Comforting fish with roasted vegetables, hummus cocktail, uh, coleslaw, sorry, cocktail, wishful thinking, and Mexican dinner salad plus turkey breast with cucumber. And so they say here, this will work for you and you will lose £3 by Friday. I bet you anything there'll be people listening going, that's the one for me. That is the diet that's going to get me through Christmas. Because that's what you all do now, isn't it? Because you know over Christmas you're going to be eating more than you've ever eaten before in your entire life. You're going to be eating the output of a small country. Or at least a small... A small county. And uh, and over Christmas we all go, oh, I couldn't eat another thing. I'm so stuffed. And we eat sweets. Eat all the wrong things. But that's what we do. It's Christmas. Front page of the uh, the Times this morning. Two... Fit and too thin. Do you have a gym face? It's all the people you can tell them when they, when they go to gyms. They've started looking slightly odd. And, uh, by the way, if you're over 50, it's uh, time to look after number one. OK, if you're married over 50, uh, first of all, you know, the top priorities are helping children buy their own homes, uh, avoiding stress, getting happiness, family time, fulfilment, usual sort of things. Usual sort of things. Uh, the front picture cover is Anna Wintour, editor of American Vogue, with her, her daughter... B. Schaffer at the British Fashion Awards. She was given the Outstanding Achievement Award on the fashion industry's biggest night of the year, and the Beckhams were there again. So that's nice, isn't it? At least they're getting out there. Uh, plus America's most outrageous lethal injection yet. This is uh, Scott Panetti, who's pictured on the telephone from his uh, cell. He's in the state of Texas, and he will be executed for shooting dead his in-laws in 92. He's diagnosed as severely mentally ill. But they're going to give him this um, this lethal injection, which will kill him. This is supposed to be apparently humane. This is the best way to do it. Although I gather they had a trouble a short while ago trying to find enough of the uh, the liquids which used to make up this combination. It's like, I think it's three injections, or it's three three buttons, and nobody knows who actually pushes the lethal one. And uh, so he's going to die tomorrow by lethal injection. But he can still carry on doing his interviews and stuff like that. A Google-backed company offers a personal genetic screening to test for diseases such as cancer and Parkinson's will be available in the UK, despite deep health concerns in America. Google's £125 cancer test arrives in Britain, but it comes with a health warning. Other stories in the papers today. An eight-page pull-out in the Telegraph featuring personal and moving tributes from the families, friends and comrades of the 453 servicemen 
who gave their lives in the conflict. That's Afghanistan, 2001-2014. Uh, the new garden city for the home counties. This is, uh, this sounds quite nice, actually. Bicester. 13,000 homes. I bet the people of Bicester are thrilled beyond belief. It's obviously been on the cards for ages and ages and ages. Producers getting married near Bicester, in Bicester. Because apparently he, he quite likes it. Not when it's a building site, but he sort of likes the place anyway. There's no sort of edge to Bicester at all. And Emma Watson arriving at the British Fashion Awards. She was voted the most stylish woman by the public. I don't know when that was, but I'm just told she was voted most stylish woman by the public. A uh, quick time check for you. The time is now 6.15. Steve Allen on LBC. Uh, Mandy in Swiss Cottage... Oh, morning, incident. I do beg your pardon. Mandy in Swiss Cottage says, uh, great way to start the day. You do make me laugh. <laughs> I'm not sure whether that's a compliment or not. Anyway, she's discovers the, uh, the Walker's Glenfiddich mince pies. Nothing else will do. She said we've been eating them since October. Yes, you see, I'm not one of these people that believes that mince pies, unless it's got a picture of Holly and the Ivy and Father Christmas on the front of it, is actually a Christmas idea. I just think it's a mince pie. It's a, I think you should better eat them all year round. But she has uh, been having them with uh, Sainsbury's Extra Thick Brandy Cream with Remy Martin. Sell by Tate, 9th of January. God, dear. Got to be so careful. You've got to remember over Christmas, of course, if you're driving and you're eating mince pies that have got booze inside them, there is the, there is the slight danger. You might push yourself over the edge, so be extremely careful. Um, it's my birthday. Christmas Day, says Eileen. Everybody forgets or bungs last minute it's your birthday two presents. I don't like it either. And I always think that you've been cheated if you have a birthday coming up to Christmas. You've really, you've really just sort of lost it completely because nobody remembers at all. They just go, Merry Christmas. You go, and it's my birthday. Uh, X Factor, says Tony. Totally irrelevant. Hilarious. That Cowell and his repugnant sycophants haven't realised it. My daughter's a teacher. She tells me that all the kids tell her it's just not cool anymore. The sinking ratings don't lie, put it out of its misery. But it's, it's, the trouble is we know it's contrived. And that's, I suppose, secretly what I like. It's brilliantly put together. But the people who put it together are the ones who should get all the plaudits. Because, you know, it's so clever. The cuts to the audience, the lighting, the music, the dramatic stories. You know, Granny's just died or been run over by a tractor. You know, it's always something exciting. They have to have a sob story. You know, what's the dream, they say to them. You think the dream is to get through this ghastly audition with, uh, with auto-tune. Daily Express, 12 golden rules to keep you fit and healthy over Christmas. Nobody wants to move over Christmas, do they? Many of you will be breaking up. I know Courtney here, he's got, he's got a month off from the 12th of December all the way through to January. Oh, oh goodness me. I don't know what to do myself with that, a month off. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? But uh, all people want to do over Christmas. You want to finish work. The kids will be off school, what, about two weeks' time? And then uh, we'll have to put up with that. The road's being empty, which is lovely. The train's being empty, which is even more lovely. And uh, and then it's all, all hands to the pump, and then everything ready, and everybody gets very stressed, and then you sit down, and you watch a bit of television, and then you eat your Christmas dinner, and then it's the sales again. <laughs> That's it. Uh, picture on the front page, gorgeous George. George Clooney turns up in Downton Abbey. For Christmas, diabetes in middle age can dramatically increase the risk of developing dementia, dementia, which is, uh, which is not great. Uh, apparently, you mentioned the Royal Military Police, commonly known to squaddies as monkeys, but there's also the Ministry of Defence Police, or the MDP. They're civilians who have powers of arrest over all MOD areas. Yes, it's slightly different inside the forces, isn't it? Slightly different. Thank you for that one. Uh, 84850... 
steve at lbc.co.uk. Gloria in Denmark says, mince pies are not on the Christmas culinary list here in Denmark. For the past seven years, I make my own mincemeat with lashings of brandy. I don't put in mixed peel, but add slivers of almonds. It's now a tradition that I deliver to my neighbours, living in the woods, a festive tin of mince pies. I have three dozen in the freezer waiting to be baked and delivered Christmas Eve. See, that's a, pra- that's a practical present, isn't it? That's what we would call a practical present. I like practical presents. And uh, Phil says, could you be done for drink driving if you have too many alcohol-filled mince pies? Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what it is. It's the fact it's got alcohol in it. It's the fact, and, and I think people, it's like eating liqueur chocolates. And people say, oh, it's only a liqueur chocolate. If it's got booze in it, there is the danger it can come up on the breath test. What do you think? It sort of discriminates between the fact that you've had port and brandy straight out the bottle or you've had it in a mince pie. No, no, no. It's working on the amount of alcohol. You'd have to eat quite a lot. But judging by what some of you told me, you're already eating quite a lot of these things. So, so that's, it. of course, it could be affected. Could be affected. Do not, um... Do not think that it, it wouldn't be. Uh, 8 via 84850, sorry, steve at lbc.co.uk. Mina says, the Daily Mail's given us three articles in one week for weight loss. £10 in ten days, £5 in five days, and now £3 by Friday. It's a rubbish. Lose it fast, gain it faster. I know, I know. I think what you have to do is, it's little and often an exercise. That's all it is. It's not, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. Steve, lose £6 by Friday. Buy a lottery ticket. Thank you. And, uh and one here, and this is from uh, Andrew, says, I'd go nuts if you weren't there. My insomnia is getting worse. Wide awake from 2am. That's when the rum and the hot milk starts. And uh, you're very funny and very interesting. He said, oh, by the way, Jesus was born in September of Virgo. It took me ages to find that one out. Betrayal of our elderly on the front of the mirror. Although the main headline is Ollie Murs joins the 3am cast, which is great. Funny old Ollie Murs is there. But the elderly and sick have had their vital home care axed. As cruel Tory cuts plunge the system into a crisis. It's a scathing report in the Mirror today. The Sun, Madonna with the big boobies. It's based on the Aloha Aloha thing, but she really has. And uh, also 91 senior managers at the BBC are earning more than the Prime Minister David Cameron's £142,500 salary. Good Lord. And they've listed all the people. They've listed all the people. Uh, Madonna's on page three. To be honest with you... <laughs> You'll have to look at the picture, because I can't describe it to you without it sounding terrible. It just looks slightly odd. She doesn't quite look real. I mean, it looks like somebody's stuck on fake nipples or something like that. It's just a very odd-looking picture. But I'm sure she's happy with it. Uh, other stories. The, um, the the young man who got £3,000 worth of gifts free. It was an Amazon glitch. I bet you all wish you got the Amazon glitch, but uh, but you didn't. Uh, you didn't mention, says Pete, what wines go with the lose-three-pounds diet. Exactly. What wine would go with that? None of them. None of them. Sadly, I've got no more time. No more time. My dad, says uh, 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 Mike here, didn't also believe in giving out uh, free free pocket money. You had to earn it. I think that's a good idea. Encourage people to save. So there you go. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. You'll have to use tomorrow morning because we don't have any more time now. Instead, I thank you for your company. We'll have a free podcast up in uh, in a minute. So I'm just trying to get my, um, thank you. Uh, we'll have a, what? We'll have a free podcast for you up very, very, oh, taking away the thing now. Goodness sake, honestly. First of all, I have the screen. Thank you. Thank you, 27.30. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, then you can learn all about podcasting. It's very, very inexpensive to do podcasting. From as little as £2 a month, you can download everything and you can keep it forever. 
It doesn't sort of evaporate within a month or anything like that, like some ple- people's podcasts. This one stays forever and ever, and you can listen and re-listen. It'll be funnier the second time, I promise you. I'm much funnier second time around. First time around, it's mildly amusing. Second time around, it's, it's corpsing. And the third time around, you'll have an ache in your side. So if you missed any of today's show, you can podcast me. I'm Steve Allen, and I've got my own page. I'm adult enough to have my own page on the LBC website, full of pictures and exciting things about my rock and roll show business lifestyle. I'll do it again tomorrow morning for you from 4 until 6.30. So go to lbc.co.uk. Download the free app or there's TuneIn Radio 2. Coming up at 7, it's Nick Ferrari. David Banks is looking at the papers today. But next, with the morning news, it's Tom Swarbrick. This is LBC.